Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This week, we have the Dirty Rotten Church Kids, and I am excited about it. Um, I've been waiting to do this one for a while. I know a lot of you have requested these guys, and so here we are. First of all, though, I want to just let you guys know the Deconstruction Network is a free resource to connect people that are going through deconstruction. When you go through deconstructing your faith, it can be extremely lonely. A lot of us lose friends, even family. We lose our church communities a lot of the time, and this is just simply a very basic resource it's stick your uh yourself on a map in the world and connect with other people in a certain radius and so hopefully you can find people in your local area that are going through a similar process and start to rebuild community maybe make a few friends um and so uh do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com if you want to try and um, connect with some people in your local area that are going through deconstruction anyway enough from me let's dive in with the dirty rotten church kids yeah, good man. How are you doing? Good. And just uh, fed the kids and bribed the wife. Nice. So I'm good. What's up, buddy boy? What's up, man? How much do I look tan? Yeah, you tan tanner than normal. You look like dark cherry. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. I've been on the west coast of Florida for the past weekend, Phil. Okay. Just cooking, just cooking yeah. in the sun. There's nowhere I'd more despise being at this time of year than in Florida, period. I mean, I get it. Everyone's to their own, but uh, I spent two weeks camping in July. Where uh, in Florida? Just in Lakeland. Okay, that's like midpoint. Yeah, it's still. You remember when the, the big charismatic kind of revival thing happened there it was i think it's like one of the later ones like todd bentley and everyone was going nuts yeah oh todd bentley the guy who like kick you in the chest yeah kick you yeah, in the chest dude. And sleep with the secretary um yeah cool. okay. thing. um but uh classic classic usually not at the same time i don't think um so that wasn't going on and i got yeah, neither yeah. to be fair uh, but i did get healed of like a lifelong condition that you can't be healed from and so Whoa. Oh, praise do God. You do, right? I mean, it's like Shaka Bunky yeah. or whatever. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shaka Bunky. I think that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah Phil, I, I don't know if you've heard of, I don't know if you heard about Florida, but the people who are on the beaches and refuse to wear the mask and stay at home, that's Adrian. So basically his family went to okay. the beach this week. Oh, okay. This, yeah. This and just sums up his face. Just Yeah, that's what I get. Right. Just that's what I guess. racking up is those that, COVID numbers, dude. It's a COVID yeah. flush from all the, the sweat he's going through <laughs> that's the, the fever. Yes. <laughs> oh, <it>. God. <laughs> Wonderful. Dude, guys, I'm excited. I'm really excited to have you guys on. Yeah, man. Uh, it's really cool. It's, I'm really looking forward to it. I've only managed to listen to a couple of your podcasts. I have to be honest. I'm a much bigger um, consumer of your Instagram. Uh, I, I managed to listen to like one or two podcasts a month. I, I just never find time. And uh, sure. so I've only listened to a couple and I love it. I just absolutely love it. I love your yeah, banter. Our short. Chill, relax. Long. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I can't say anything. My mind <laughs> average between two and three hours. So um, yeah, so I, I can't <laughs> yeah. say anything at all <laughs> about it. Like, yeah. and I prefer it, right? It's, it's I, I don't know, like, I think long form is the way to go. People are shifting mm -hmm. towards it. They're more open to it. Yeah. Yours yeah. Are every two weeks, right? So like, yeah. can't listen to two hours in two weeks, which is me. Like, screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> again, me, but yeah. Um, no, it's cool. It's good to have you guys on. I, I don't know Thanks, man. what you guys want to talk about. I don't know what I want to talk about. I, I figure we just maybe talk about some of your stories, journeys, banter about Christianity, some of the stuff you're, you've been discussing on your podcast, plug your podcast a whole bunch. Sure. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Sounds good to me, man. Listen, yeah. we're, we're, we're good to just kind of meander. And what awesome. I find is like, as you talk, eventually you just find a thing to, that's, to attach to. That's why I do long form. I talk for my country. I know you guys can talk and it's all good. Um, mm -hmm. And it gives way more room to be fun, relaxed, have general conversation. Um, you can go off on any derailment. There's nothing off topic. There's no, you can cuss, you can do whatever you want. Like there's no rules. Um, just be yourselves. And, cool. Um, Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking Great. forward to it because I have a lot of people on that I'm like, dude, lighten up. Seriously, I'm really yeah. throwing out jokes and they're just like, wham, off a wall, <laughs> um, which is quite funny to listen to anyway. I'm sure I get comments of like, dude, that guy was not into your jokes, but I was chuckling <laughs> oh. away and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm probably just not very funny, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. We, we have a guest we interview and like, you can tell that they're people who are on staff at a church. And we've had a couple of folks like that. Yeah. Right. And we don't have any sort of filter or any sort of like anymore. No. Uh, and you can tell them they do. And like, yeah. they won't, they'll like say fuck before we record. And yeah, then they'll yeah, yeah. say like frig during yeah. the interview and i'm like okay let's... now my pastor's listening or now, now right now my, exactly that's exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it that's the beauty of doing your own thing man it's, it's awesome cool yeah, that's what i told adrian when we first started this thing where we're thinking about starting i'm like dude are you prepared to like burn every bridge with every church we've ever done because that's the yeah. direction i want to go i just want to go full yeah. bore um, yeah, that's where it landed us. Did you, did you start? We, we, we'll just start from the start. I think we'll yeah. probably just be recording already. So there you go. Um, cool. hope you didn't say anything secret. Um, but, uh, is, is that how you started? Did you start going screw it? We're going all in, or did you kind of have this kind of like, let's see where it goes. And you've kind of come to that place of like, Oh, we're going in, we're, we're really bearing our souls here. Or did, did you always yeah, well, expect to do that? It kind of happened. There's like a cigar spot that we frequent around here. And, um, so we planned like a, like a dude's hangout. Um, and at that point, Adrian and I were already out of the church. Okay. We had already left the church we planted and kind of like on the outskirts of the church landscape down here in South Florida. And so every one of the guys that were supposed to show up, didn't show up. Wow. It was just me and Adrian. Like, that's fine. I get to hang out with Gibbs again. That's cool. And like, Hey dude, you know what I was thinking when I was mowing the lawn today? Like we should start a podcast. And then Adrian says, I was like, I was thinking the exact same thing. And, and I think what's funny is that we kind of knew that going in, we're like, we need, we wanted to have a very uh, clear idea of what we're going for. Mm -hmm. And so we really, we knew, like, we like counted the cost to use some good Christian language. <laughs> hey, we counted the cost of discipleship. And so like, we really like laid out, like, here's what, what do you want this to look like? how serious do you want this to be? Is this supposed to just be like some sure. stream of consciousness shit? Or is this supposed to be something like highly produced? And, and so we went in with a certain idea. And then I think over time, it starts to kind of take some shape that you don't know beforehand, right? But mm -hmm. right from the get go, we our first conversation was like, well, what is something that we know? You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I couldn't talk about video games, right? And like, I just don't have, I'm not a video game kid, a link is, right? Uh, and like Link couldn't talk about like mechanical watches or some shit. And that's something I'm really into. So we were like, we need to find like something. And just because we have grown up in church, like that's all we know. Right. Like, yeah. To find our life for decades. It was one of those uh, things where it's like, well, this is the language we speak. So let's just speak that. Yeah. Yeah. And we said like, when we first started having our deconstructive thoughts or however you want to phrase it, 
when we were kind of heading down that path, we both talked and said, it would be great if we had something, someone to listen to when we're going through that. Mm. I think that, cause we had a bunch of ideas and how we wanted to structure it and get guests and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think that was the driving force behind it. Just provide, if one person listens to it and gets some sort of comfort out of knowing that they're not alone, cause that's exactly how we felt. And we still felt while we were like making a podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Adrian said, we were in the church. I was, I was in the church for like 20 years plus wow. like nonstop every Sunday. And then for a while there, a good bit every Sunday, Saturday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, yep. I got all the Jesus points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's how it started. It was just from this desire because Adrian and I both like creating things mm-hmm. um, was this desire to kind of jump into podcasting. And I think what was actually, uh, what was um, attractive to me was this could be where I could like truly be myself. Cause every, cause before in any creative adventure, there was always like that, that nagging voice, like, well, mm-hmm. you have to, what if someone from your church hears this? I'm like, well, I don't got no church to go to now. I don't go to church anymore. Right. So let's burn this bitch down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's wrote definitely, a notebook. let's burn this. Yeah. Let's burn. <laughs> that's your, yeah, that's that was your the like first name of the title. Podcast. It's like, yeah. yes. Dirty rotten church kids. Let's burn let's this. Burn this bitch. <laughs> yeah. With no context. Um, yeah. It's better. People context. tune in thinking like we're a funk podcast, <laughs> like playing funk songs. All good. Um, all good. No, but yeah, that, that was, that was like the impetus for it all. And then, yeah, it's just been crazy. It's been less than a year, which is crazy. Yeah. I think. It's been a and lot you guys work. have blown up. Like, I mean, I feel like every yeah. time I click on your page, I'm like, whoa, they've like doubled their yeah. followers. Like, I mean, you just posted not that long ago. Oh, we've just hit like 10,000 listens on their, on the podcast. Like, I mean, that's huge. Like since yeah. November, is it like, you know, yeah. Yeah. November, seven months. Um, yeah. Amazing. It's been crazy. Really cool. It's been crazy. And I think really we didn't expect anyone to listen to it. Yeah. Mm. Like we didn't expect anybody. We just um, started doing the podcast. We made an Instagram handle because like, if you have a podcast, you, you gotta got have it, an right? Instagram handle. And somehow it just turned into you like- sucked us all in with your memes, man. Yeah. I th- that's it. I mean, that's why, <laughs> that's I, that's why I was there you. for a long time. The first time I listened to your podcast, not gonna lie, last month. So <laughs> you had me probably for like four months reading your memes before i was even like i probably should listen to these guys but you're you're not the first person because someone's like yeah i I followed your page or someone shared a meme on my page and i just listened to episode seven like they just pick one out of a grab bag like this one right yeah Um, but yeah that's how it usually happens yeah and that's how i picked your guys it's like i I literally i think i posted and i was like i'm gonna finally listen to dirty rotten church kids like i've had like 20 30 40 people message me say you guys, you have to listen to it. You have to yeah. have these guys on or whatever. Oh, and I was like, cool. and I saw you said, which episode? And people like listed and I kind of tallied it up. And I was like, that's the first episode. I'm I want to give <laughs> oh, you the funny. best shot, right? Because oh, if I started you. with your shittiest podcast, right? You started like, your yeah. first one when you're like, well, how does this work? And you're like banging the mic and like, I don't know. Like, which is, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. That's, that's the last works, episode right? we just recorded. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. the last one. Yeah, that's like pretty that. much every episode. You're like, oh, damn, we hit the microphone a lot. This guy's going to think we're an amateur. Yes. Yeah, I, I think like the whole like meme thing, it just kind of happened. And yeah. we are, Link and I are just so, we're just sarcastic jackasses kind of in general. And so we have this running commentary of we'll just see something that we think is like kind of shitty or kind of funny. Uh-huh. And I'll just be like, caption this. And then we'll just kind of just go back and forth and be like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Uh, and then we just started posting it. And then it's just funny how like, that is a way that people connect with us yeah. and people 
who have never listened to a podcast will be like, oh my God, thank you so much for your work. And I'm like, the, the amount of content that is released in a meme is itty bitty compared to like a two hour long podcast right. times 21 episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But even that little like itty bitty square on Instagram can still do something. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you make you feel like you're doing something. Picture cool. says a thousand words, right? It's gotta be like yeah. 20 minutes of a podcast. That's yes. it. Yeah, exactly. So we should do like a, what's a good ratio? How many Instagram posts to one How many episode? podcasts you're putting out every two weeks? So if you can divide it up. What, what's exactly. interesting is, is like the memes, what we post attracts a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is just see the conversations that happen underneath the Instagram yeah. uh, post. And we've had, well, it's really cool just seeing other people discover other friends, like, and they connect virtually and then the people in our DMs just asking us questions or sending us stuff. Yeah. That's to me, I, um, I love hearing people's stories. I'm like, I have so many podcasts that are just stacked up on my phone because I love listening to them. Yeah. Um, and so I love when someone DMs us like from South Africa or from the Netherlands or someone in our own city who we didn't know mm. um, and them sharing their stories to me. I'm like, damn, like we put a lot of work into this. That That is worth it. Just to- yeah hear them say, thank you for this. Or just uh, now I get, I know someone from another place from New Zealand. Mm, now I know someone yeah. from New Zealand. You've got a couch um, to crash on if you want to go to New Zealand there. Hey, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. I think for, to kind of like piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Link, I remember I started my deconstruction maybe like four years ago mm-hmm. and Josh, maybe like shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And all I remember was just a, a vacuum. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what I want to eat, but I know I can't keep eating this, you know? And mm. I remember talking to like, I probably messaged maybe five people because that's all I knew. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like, what else can I read? Like, this isn't working. I don't know what. And no one got back to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Wow. And so, and this was like earlier, dude, like this was back when like everyone was into Chandler. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you're not into Mark Driscoll and you're not into Chandler and you're not into Francis Chan, then who... There was nothing else, right? Like, aren't into this. <laughs> oh God, uh, we need to hop off real quick. Feel like it oh, Francis it's, Chan it's, it's Internet's. Uh, uh, uh. He just pulls away his face, and it's Francis Chan. I am Francis. <laughs> just pan the camera to the left, and, and just, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Mark, Mark Driscoll, Driscoll just, on one side, <laughs> just punching a drywall. Yeah, we trapped him. Mark Driscoll, <laughs> yeah, just punching the wall. <laughs> you're not a man. Yes, you're not a man. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. No, but yeah. So like, we didn't have that and so Mm. it was one of those things where it's like i wish that i had someone like i like phil the work that you do i wish that i had Mm. heard of you four years ago or whatever you know like i wish i had heard of all these people and the only person i had heard of was rob bell yeah rob bell is a heretic and you stayed away from rob of course Mm -hmm. and so i didn't when you when you don't have any other alternative you feel so lost yeah and i think when we started this it was more just being like hindsight being 2020 you're like oh shit all these things that we had talked about to arrive where we are now, why don't we just like hash that out for mm. whoever else might find that interesting? Yeah. You know, it's huge. I mean, like you, you, it's, you cannot understate how lonely and how disconnecting this can be the process. And like, it's mental. It's, I mean, it's the, the fastest growing spiritual movement in the, in the U S at least, and, and largely in the Western world is people leaving the church. Yeah. That's the fastest growing spiritual movement. 80%, 78% of them claim to still have a spirituality as they leave. And there's 3 million a year leaving the U.S. church. 
not going to another church, but just leaving done. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more that are moving around, but like, that's sure. insane. And yet most of them go, God, I wish there was someone else doing this. And you're like, are you kidding? There's like eight people on your street. You know, if you just knocked on like five <laughs> doors and said, are you done with church? You probably yeah. not get many doors down before someone's like, yeah, dude, but I wish other people were, but you right. know, and so it's such a disconnecting and lonely thing. And yet like, we just need these kind of platforms, platforms like what you're doing, uh, what I'm doing, whatever, Rob Bell. I mean, Rob Bell, I mean, he's doing amazing stuff. But yeah, he is the poster boy of like, don't do that. Don't go there. And and when he's the only person you've heard of and you're like, oh, shit, am I Rob Bell? This is That's right. Bell, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want a farewell from John Piper. Like, you know, like, I want one. I, mean, I want yeah, a tweet yeah, now. Now, now I do. Goodbye, Josh Link. Oh, I've arrived. <laughs> Make that a everyone's like terrible who? rhyme but you know <laughs> yes <laughs> josh link you stink like, yeah yeah ah nice yeah no, but it's I, interesting I, um i forget who messaged us but someone else did and they were talking about the same that, that vacuum that that loneliness you feel because when you're in the church your life is the church yeah like your friends are there our jobs were there um, our creativity was molded there and, and for a long time stayed there with music. Um, like your mentorship is there. There's so many other churchy terms, but when you leave it, like you're thinking you're leaving it because for whatever reason, yeah. and then you don't realize the, the consequence that has in your life when you leave. And like, unfortunately, majority of our friends that were, that we had were like, they don't, not that they don't want anything to do with us, but they were told they shouldn't talk to us. Right. You don't yeah. fit anymore, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I exactly. was thinking. I feel like it's like a, when you break up with a, a a person you were dating for a long time, then you go try to hang out with their friends again. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, I guess I like you, okay, mm -hmm. but I'm like, yeah. really, I'm friends with, Prefer with her or with him. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think when it's church, the same sort of thing where it's like I can hang out with you, but like I'm kind of friends with the church first. And like, if I can't really hang out with you anymore, it is what it is. If you don't have and, God, I mean, like, right. it's a hard sale. God you know? is my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I think when people, and I'm sure you've heard this too, is like someone reaches out to you is like, oh my God, I've never heard anyone say this. Mm. And that's the way it feels until you get there. And then you're like, yeah. holy shit, these people have been saying, all of these people are saying all of these things so articulately and so well for years, right? Right but you don't see it until you see no. it. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's very um, hard to discover people at when you've grown up in the, in the bubble, because the bubble yeah. protects from those people. It's not that like, you know, they don't exist. It's literally that we can't just to the point that Rob Bell's like, I'm thinking of bringing out a book about hell. Right. I mean, I brought, I brought, I wrote a trailer, right. And mm -hmm. here's a trailer for it where I'm not even going to tell you what I'm saying. I'm just going to give the premise of the book, the idea that forms the question and immediately yes. the, the evangelical bubble, you know, the reform bubble go, oh, shit, we're so scared. We're yeah. so scared of what answer he might give because we don't right. actually know what answer he's going to give. That's not out there yet. There's no pre-release books to read. There's nothing to review. Mm -hmm. We have to write this guy off and stop people listening to him, which, of course, probably sold more books to evangelicals well, yep. than ever yep. would have got. Um, but like, it is that fear of like, we have to isolate and, and disconnect, um, which, yeah, I mean, it ma makes you go, I have no idea who to listen to. Maybe you go and find your church's like blacklist, like, you know, like who are we not allowed to? Yeah, I've been part of churches that have like a full list. Hey. Of, like, if you hear members mention that they've read the book by this person, listen to this podcast, you need to pull them aside and have a talk because they are like on who? a slippery slope. 
and it could be anyone right i mean like some of them it's just like oh this guy's like a charismatic evangelical versus like you uh, know whatever i mean sure. everyone's got their lines and some sure. people's lines are like you know so near the beginning of like this deconstruction journey if not even on the deconstruction right. journey right <laughs> right um, but yeah i mean i mean yeah it could be like joel osteen if you're mark driscoll or it could be yeah you know, sure. Um, but yeah, like people like Rob Bell and maybe people that we would associate with, you know, you just had like Kevin Garcia or, you know, whoever yeah. else, if Joe Lumen or whatever. And the people are like, oh, Jesus, like if they mentioned decolonization, get the hell out. Get the quick, hell out, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's hard it, to, to come across those people when you have been protected from their it being exposed to them, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it's like you nailed it right there, Phil. It's like you, you've been protected in the church bubble, whether you know it or not. Like you have these biases given to you by your pastor or your church or the umbrella your church sits underneath. Um, there's a ton of churches down here in South Florida, and there's a couple of roads where it's just roads of churches. Right. And like we've both been a part of churches where like we share a parking lot with another, like in one case, we shared a parking lot with a synagogue or you share a street with, with a, like a Pentecostal church. And there's no talking to the other denomination. There's no talking to the other religion. And so you're protected in this bubble. And once you get out, like you, you find your Rob Bell or, or you find your other gateway drug, Richard Rohr mm -hmm. or whatever you find. And then you go back to have those conversations with people who are still in that bubble. And they are, they, they don't know how to answer because there's, I don't think at least, I never sat underneath one, an apologetics class that answers like real questions. Right. So I, I, so like, I think I, that's the biggest issue is that the apologetics classes are all like scientifically driven, but there's not one for if your friend decides he doesn't believe that the Bible is inerrant now. And right. so they've been dependent on the church for so long to provide the answers. They don't really have a way to kind of sift out their own answers mm -hmm. until you like rip it all away. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, yeah. yeah, to your point, I think when we were brought up, any question that someone came with you at, you wouldn't actually treat it like a true question that needed to be considered. And you sure as, as fuck wouldn't say, I don't know. Yeah. Right. They may never know. Any question was always positioned as a apologetic opportunity. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, and if you don't know the answer, you're like, oh, that's a good one. And then you would like jot it down in your little notebook of ways to like school your atheist friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so every question always was undergirded by this sort of like, let me kind of file this away so that I can win a battle later, yeah. right? And so when real questions are handled and you interact with somebody who has already, who knows that you're gonna say, and that doesn't work either, then what, what do you do? You just write them off. And so I think that's what happened to us in a lot of ways where it's like, we certainly have people who are still friends with us after leaving the church and are still friends with us after listening and starting the podcast but a lot of it is kind of like they're lost it's a lost cause don't even mm, waste your time yeah. and and if you say don't even waste your time really what that means is like we're not going to win so don't even bother yeah. you're not going to win uh, which i think is a total paradigm you know that that's an yeah and, and, paradigm. and they hold that thought of they're a lost cause while also holding the same thought that anyone who doesn't believe that they the way they do is going directly to hell so that mm -hmm. implies like, hey, they're fine. Just let them go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but they don't think like that. Um, yeah. Oh, and you would never say that. But that's, that's really no. what you're saying. But you do say it just 
in like separate sentences over a different pair, like over a different talk. You can't you, connect those two. That, that's yeah, what you can't. Yeah. 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 It, it's, yeah. it's that I, I actually had a conversation this weekend with someone's just like, so you don't believe in, in, in sin? I'm like, well, I, I do, but I don't call it sin. Like I believe like there's a way to live in your divinity. Um, and then, then I'm saying all these things like, I hope they understand because the, the way I'm talking, I wouldn't even understand back then. So no, no. if they ask, I'm like, cool. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about like, it. They're like, dude, but... did you just get out of Burning Man or like what yes. right is the deal? Right. Because they have you know, <laughs> exactly. you divinity. Like, yeah, you right. like, like so, PC so, game so or like revelation isn't true. Like, well, right. I, I'm sure there's an island called Patmos and I'm sure John was on some crazy drugs, dude. Let's let's do that and talk about revelation. Let's have, yeah. yeah. Drugs. I, and we'll have comments from people on Instagram. And it's one of those things where they'll say something like, hey, you guys are like really negative. Like, hey, who yeah. are you edifying by yeah. like saying mm -hmm. this? Or they'll be like, hey, like, wait, are you, are you just angry at churches? And these sort of questions, it's almost like you do not have enough time to have this conversation because yeah. in order for us to get underneath all of it, like it isn't the sort of pithy snappy response. Like yeah. there isn't a bracelet I can wear to talk you through my deconstruction. Right. Yeah. And so, but that was the language we were brought up with. Yeah, right. That's like, what you use all, all the time. Right. The entire mystery of the divine can be summed up in like a, what is it like G is less than my ups and downs or whatever, or like a, a special bracelet, like the entire, mystery of of god can be summed up in a super bite-sized palatable way yeah. and so people who are brought up that way it's very difficult to yeah. even hear nuance you know yeah. it's funny you mentioned that gives uh i don't know if they had it over there across the pond phil but the u.s has a bunch of dumb way or the evangelicals in the u.s have a bunch of dumb ways to kind of teach kids how to give the gospel in a cool niche way um so they had like these little cubes that each cube was a different color and each color whatever represented a life of christ so they had like these little balls like soft not sponge balls but like Do you guys have like balls. soft balls you have soft balls yeah like soft balls over there um like a only soft have like, a, like a spongy oh, okay. ball? Too wimpy, okay, you know, like. so they so <laughs> they 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 put three of them together and hung them on a hook and they wanted to give it out to the kids so they could give the gospel to their friends and they called them dingleberries <laughs> No shit. That's for real, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. How out hey, of touch? Would you like some Jesus? Uh, would you like some Jesus dingleberries? Yeah, for your son? man. Jesus, oh, God, you're like selling amazing. it on the corner. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like know if some... you guys have that over there, but we'll send you some your we, way. We don't we have can Jesus send you dingleberries. Some... If you send uh, me some, I'll put them up in my office behind me on the podcast. I want to hang them from the back of your car. Oh God, that's amazing. <laughs> What oh my hell? get your dingleberries yeah, your yeah dude dingleberries. we, we uh. like we've it's, it's weird in some ways like the uk feels like just in a human psychological development component like mm -hmm. europe is is generally speaking about 10 15 years ahead of north america yeah. on the whole um just in some of its different outlooks politically socially you know how it approaches science different things mm -hmm. like that. It, it tends to be more modern postmodern, whereas america is more traditional and then coming into modern yeah. um What's fascinating, though, is, is there's a whole culture within Europe that almost seems to be going backwards, where it kind of glorifies American uh, Christianity. And so I lived in this weird bubble window where there was a time where I grew up, like where 
we didn't do like really crazy shit. We didn't have like veggie tales or someone sent me a, a, oh, a video the other day of some guy who this TV show ran for like 14 years. And it was some guy that was teaching teenagers how to teach the gospel. And it was, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I can't what remember it what called? it was. I can't remember. It was, it was horrific. I immediately blacked out like everything. To do with it. <laughs> um, but he was like, Oh, you must've had this. And I'm like, no dude, we just wouldn't have tolerated. And yet now I feel like we're lapping that stuff up within the evangelical church. They're lapping up the American export. I think it's because the church in the UK and, and in Europe is just done. It's dying. And so they look to the, which churches are growing, which churches are thriving. The only church in America that's growing is the evangelical church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, People don't look at the data and the church is growing because that number, the only numbers that are coming into the evangelical church is from the other churches. They're not actually growing oh, wow. by saving people. They're just moving around. Right. So all those people are leaving everywhere and most are leaving completely, especially when they leave the evangelical. Some go, eh, we could try maybe more kind of family friendly, maybe lively, maybe some good music, like sure. whatever. And then they kind of tend to keep going. Um, but yeah, like, so I think there is a dynamic of that. But I miss like so much of this stuff. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I also hated a lot of it. Uh, I just didn't, I wasn't interested. So. And and that to me, like, I love niche, dumb movies. Oh, it's my favorite thing. I, I love, like, I for a while, I don't know if you've heard Wittenberg Door. They were a, um, a collective community based out of Texas that took it upon themselves to uh, basically like a watchdog community on all the televangelists in America. And so they put out nice. a, a weekly in the style of like mad magazine, like a weekly, like cartoon and stuff. And they did like little documentaries on VHS of them, like dumpster diving into like Creflo dollars, dumpsters and pulling out all these prayer requests that they just thrown away. Doing um, God's work, man. Oh yeah. So I, I, I love, love that stuff. I like love vigilantes. Weird. They're garbage yes. vigilantes. Oh, honestly, it's, I, I love, I love the extremes. I mean, like when people ask me like how I come up with stuff, how I kind of come up with like an idea for a meme or whatever. I'm like, dude, I like follow every crazy yeah. person i can find like <laughs> people if you go on instagram i don't follow that many people i'm like following like 300 people because i just try and like not like yeah zone in too much in and then you actually look at who i'm following i'm following like loads of great people and then maybe like 200 250 and then i'm like 50 to 100 people it's like wretched radio john piper like you oh know wretched like, radio oh insane. no phil dude wretched radio is the funniest you're triggering shit me, you dude. ever you're triggering me. watch it is, <laughs> oh. i mean todd friel is is the voice for radio and, so and I, insane I on every used level. I to watch him on something else. I forgot what he did. I don't know, but it was like when I was heavy into John Piper going to passion conferences, mm -hmm. a Christian boy. Um, and then I, I found Wretched Radio after all this and I started watching again, like, holy shit. I thought Glenn Beck was crazy. This dude is just out there, Gibbs. He's like a radio guy, dude, but if you haven't seen the title. Stuff. You need to type in Todd Friel into YouTube the second this is over. It will <laughs> his, voice is, your... his voice is magic though. Honestly, I mean, if yeah? my friend does a good impersonation of him and we have talked about potentially doing a podcast with Todd Friel where he just impersonates him the whole way through. And we just have like a picture of Todd Friel, but we have no, I'm pretty sure we'd immediately get sued. So we're probably not going to do that. But uh, we, we do like, when, when I was traveling and speaking in like lots of churches and stuff, we often, when I get into New England, we travel about 2,000, one and a half thousand miles. It was just like crazy amount of miles in like, you know, two weeks, um, wow. driving around all these different churches and communities and stuff. And we would listen incessantly. Oh, that was a mirror falling over. Um, oh my gosh. Just, oh my uh, God. Sort that out. Oh shit. It's tight. 
It's Todd Friel. No big deal. Was, um, it's didn't Todd. Break, so I'm good for seven years still. No, that was, that was, um, that was Mark Driscoll. He's yeah, letting you know. That's, that's Mark, there you go. That's, that's Mark God. Driscoll's like, culture guys. How dare you touch God's anointed, <laughs> Todd Friel. Um, we would literally, me, him, and his wife in the car driving hundreds, thousands of miles, and we'd listen to Todd Friel nonstop and just pause every three seconds, like crying with laughter, weeping, and his wife would just go insane. She's like, do we have to do this? She just did not. So every now and again, we'd have to break and listen to something else. But I, I've listened to more Todd Friel than probably any other preacher. Really? Wow. Oh, out of comedy. I've never does, actually listened to him. Does he actually lead a church or is his wretched radio his ministry? Wretched, 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 wretched radio is his church, man. That, that thing is okay. huge. Right. But yeah, I, I don't think he's, he's um, a, a church pastor. He might be some, he'll probably be some sort of elder on. Yeah, I just watched church. And, I just watched it because yeah. he shit on a bunch of other people. Like, oh, that's, that's pretty funny. Because it's, it's like with a comedic spin. But once you're like out of the evangelical circle, like, that's like a passive aggressive thing. It's not even funny. Ooh, not even passive aggressive most of the time. Like really, really aggressive at times. Really? And like, and really, really ridiculous sometimes as well. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. There's nothing. I've never heard him applaud anything. Literally, he'll find anything and go, that's not the gospel. What kind of lunacy is this? You know, and he'll be like tearing that's apart. That's pretty John good, Todd Friel, dude. That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, you know, I've got a few hours in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not good. I'm not good at impersonations either. Um, but like, he'll listen to someone like, you know, you're like, oh, well, he's going to like John MacArthur. And then he like gets upset about something, just one yeah. thing. And that's it. He writes this guy. I have no idea how he has friends, connects with anyone. He, he is a comedy god, um, but possibly mostly unintentionally. Yes. Um, but yeah, well worth, well worth listening to. Um, all right but all yeah right. so i'm gonna have you, to add you that listen to my list. something like that and you're like oh in this one five minute segment he did i've got like 30 memes i can make immediately off the bat like this is gold um, <laughs> and it's 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 ridiculous like it's true like people believe this stuff but it's like a yeah. caricature of the truth mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it just makes it so much easier to spot you know you talk about these things that people believe but they don't really say it or connect it and then you just look at todd and you're like oh that's what they believe huh yeah, I got it's it. like Westboro Baptist Church, right? It's like they're extreme and no one actually is going to go pick at a funeral. But when you look at what they're teaching, you're like, oh, that's actually kind of pretty mm. close to what I used to believe. Like I, I wouldn't have overly, a lot of my churches when I was growing up, we wouldn't have disagreed with Westboro Baptist. We would have gone, well, they're a bit on the edge and I don't like their methods, but the theology is pretty sad. But that's, that's <laughs> what, uh, what Penn from Penn and Teller said that one time. He said that someone came to his show after he, they finished in Vegas and offered him a Bible and he's like, I'm an agnostic or an atheist, wherever he lies. But he's like, I respected that person because if you truly believe what you, what's in that Bible, you should be doing that all the time. Yeah. And I was showing that video as a means to fire me up for even like evangelizing the people or winning souls for the gospel. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you truly believe what's in that Bible, then you should not be sleeping. Yeah. You should be day in, day out trying to rescue all those souls because if you mm -hmm. don't, everyone's going to hell. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, yeah. And it's like, if you just kind of like dilute it a little bit and just kind of keep diluting it a little bit, like it's a lot more palatable. And that's what like a lot of our friends, they would never say some of the shit that maybe Westboro would ever say. No. <clears throat> but like, if you get like kind of push enough like buttons, you'll hear a very similar sort of message. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what part of my deconstruction and, and probably Josh for you too, is you're kind of like, I mean, you can say all the things you want in as cool of an atmosphere as you want, 
and you can use as much like churchy language, but like, if we're honest, you're really saying that all the gays are, are damned, you know, you know, it's oh, yeah. kind of like, yeah. and it's, so it's getting underneath that stuff that I think started the snowball for us. Um, and yeah, it's just been interesting. Yeah. For sure. Were, were you guys going through, so talk to me a bit, I don't know much about your history, but you guys were planning a church together, right? Were you? Yeah, we, we planted and it, it was around for what, six years, Gibbs? Yeah. Wow. Like that. Nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we, yeah, we, we, um, so Josh and I have known each other for over a decade. Long time. And yeah, long time. And we were worship leaders at a church together. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor from that church decided to go plant. And then we decided to go with him. Uh, and it kind of started as more of, it was very much like the classic trope of like the youth guy who is going to stick it to the big church who's going to go plant his own thing and inevitably turns up becoming the big church, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just how it goes. Um, it's like that. Have you seen the dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like you either die the youth pastor or you live long enough to see yourself become the lead pastor. <laughs> and that's just exactly that's what happened. So funny. Yeah. Um, and so we planted the church and it was that process and we were bivocational. I mean, mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, and I think the dream was always like, well, if I just hustle, if I just sacrifice enough, then this will be my life 24 seven. This will be all I ever do. And then I'll, then I'll feel good. Then we'll have arrived, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah it was, wow. it was a lot of, it was a lot of, well, a lot of work, but, um, in before working at a church, like you guys saw that you could see the ins and outs of how things function, but like starting a church and then having to run the church um, in South Florida, is such a weird area and where we ended up planting a church in retrospect was not strategic at all. Um, and then looking back, like hindsight being 2020, just uh, we both gave so much of our energy into that, mm. um, that when we left, we, we both left, like Adrian left when? Was it like before Christmas or after Christmas? It was before Christmas. And then I left that following summer. Mm. And we both were asked to leave quietly out the back door. We were, were asked to not to contact anyone or tell anyone. And then we start hearing from people at the church. Why are you doing this? Oh, you and your wife are getting mm. divorced. You have marital problems. I'm like, Oh, what? Like we built the place you guys go to like, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So if, if I, wherever I was heading mentally in my thoughts, all that just like lit it on fire even more. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. because of all the, all the, all the like little whispers you'd hear of people leaving the church and how they were treated. Now I was like living it out. I'm like, yep. Right. What everyone was saying is exactly true. This is mm-hmm. all just unfortunately, a true stereotype of mm. how when you leave the church, everyone's like, oh, you're banished. Get out of here. Right. Yeah. Right. It I relegates see. yourself of any sort of responsibility. Um, yeah. It's kind of like anyone that leaves, like, well, they're whatever. It's their problem. Like they just, they're angry. They're bitter. They weren't whatever. And so, and man, honestly, like we were a part of that, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. If, yeah. when that's all, you know, that's the language you speak yeah. and that's just the way you behave. And so we would be these church planters and we would, it's one of those pop-up churches, you know, where you like walk into a school, you set everything up and you're there for three hours and you tear everything yeah. down. And so like your, your whole Sunday is, is essentially just playing church. Yeah. 
kind of putting on the big show. And then when people leave, you would find some way to sleep at night by saying like, well, you know, like they just weren't, you know, we're just not for everybody. They're mm-hmm. just not here for the gospel or whatever. And then when it happens to you, it's an interesting perspective shift for sure. Yeah. And it, it makes sense though. Like you, you have like these trigger things of someone being upset and you're, oh, but they're bitter or, you know, like, and this is happening and, and you have, you're like, oh, that's what this is. And that's what that is. And so you look through all those different, um, I don't know if you saw, I did a series recently. I don't know if it will probably keep going, but the deconstruction myths, you know, like people mm-hmm. that deconstruct are bitter. People that yeah, deconstruct oh. never really took their faith seriously. People that deconstruct, oh, um, yeah. you know, we're never really saved or, you know, oh, all yeah. these things. That's and my like, favorite. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but like, I mean, it's, it's a great way to deal with things, to keep everything in house, stop people kind of exploring. We have to disconnect people from you guys. So they don't actually talk. I mean, I just had a lady on the other day, um, Hallie Kim. I don't know if you've come across her. She's great on Instagram. Um, and she was deconstructing while her husband was planting a church and she's kind of dragged in, in this kind of like pastor's wife, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. She owns by the church via the pastor, that kind of weird. And she's like, like, I don't really give a shit about this stuff, you know, like, um, but like those dynamics, she talks about how um, the, when they kind of like were asked to leave by the prior church, they were kind of like basically given like a payoff. And it was like, look, if you just go, we'll give you your severance. You know, no one needs to know. You're just not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to connect with anyone. And then they left and then they were told that everyone in the church, so they've, they've been told don't reach out to anyone or we'll, we'll make an issue for your severance. And they've got kids and shit. And then yeah. you've got um, on the flip side, you have the church then going to everyone in the congregation. They left They're like, you know, they've got some issues. They requested, no one talks to them. No one connects with them. And it's like, yeah. This is perfect. It's, I mean, it, it's yeah. crazy, but it's perfect. It's, it's a great yeah. scenario for like how to keep this all bubbled in. Everyone keep, everyone stays safe. Everyone stays. And, and that's what they think, you know, and some of you know, I, I would have thought like that before as well. Oh, we got to stay safe. Right? right. Yeah. It's the, it's the original cancel culture. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, yep, we're canceling you. You didn't exist or all your, everything you've done doesn't matter. Please be, leave quietly because you're going to hurt the church or you're going to hurt right. this. And like, it, it it's on top of everything else that the evangelical church put on top of me, like the weight of my neighbor's salvation or mm. like the, 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 the creeping, I don't know, like, like the worry of raising my two children so they don't be heathens and run off into the world. On top of that, yeah. you're tasked with also carrying the burden of the church that you're leaving the safety of that church. Like, mm. please leave quietly. Cause if, if you don't think it's gonna go bad, I'm like, I don't care. I am leaving. I don't care about this. No, you have to like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing, like, yeah, what was really shitty was that we heard that one of the pastors that we were working with at the time was going around telling everyone, like raising questions about us. I'm like, dude, you were part of the conversation. You mm. know exactly why we left. Don't start starting rumors or whatever. So yeah, it's it's just it's just really really unfortunate. I know Adrian has a lot more words he wants to say. I can tell by he's biting his bottom lip. No, I'm trying to. <laughs> no, I'm like, try, what's funny is like on one hand, I like don't even want to. Sometimes you don't even want to like talk about. You know, it's like yeah, because people want to talk to you about church, and whenever you interact with your old friends from your old church, all I want to do is talk about the church, and you're kind of so what like, church are you at now? What church are you at, Mike? Oh, right. God, and, yeah. And they, Make and me they feel go, better. Oh. Make me feel comfortable that you left this church, so I at exactly. least know you're going to another church, so I can exactly reframe right. or everything it's like, and feel safe. Yeah, or it's like uh, it reminds me of like if you leave jobs 
and then you go back and interact with your old coworker. All they do is like talk about the old yeah. job because that's all they know. But mm. you like don't really give a fuck about that old job anymore. And that's the way it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even now, mm. looking back, I'm like, dude, I almost like don't even you don't even want to like think about all of the ways that you were kind of fucked over. Yeah. And and it's like I like I know for me it was and I'm I'm a feeler, Phil. I'm like mm. some, in this in this dirty rotten dynamic, Josh Link is the one that like gives zero fucks. Mm-hmm. Like he's just prickly, he's the spicy meatball in the dynamic. And I'm like the feeler and I'm the people pleaser and I'm the one who's like <laughs> constantly overthinking. And so for me, going to church every Sunday was like torturous. Mm. And it wasn't torturous because I was exhausted. It wasn't torturous because we were overworked. We were. It wasn't torturous because uh, I didn't sit with my family every week which that also happened and it's a common thing in evangelical spaces mm-hmm. it was torturous because i would stand there and they would play the songs or i would lead the songs and i would feel nothing mm. and you just feel nothing and you're like this isn't doing it i don't know what it is and then it makes you second guess yourself like well fuck like have i not been preaching the gospel to myself mm. have i am i missing some sort of doctrinal you like that one link yeah. that one that, that one, just that one brought back some stuff dude yeah <laughs> jeez preaching the gospel to yourself oh my gosh yeah. and and so it's like am is there something that i am cognitively missing that is causing me to have an emotional disconnect right now mm. and when you can't place the source of a discomfort you have no there's nowhere you can go cuz you, you can't think your way out of it you can't feel your way out of it and all it does is just leave you with this like zombie malaise where you're just like trudging through motions every single week mm. and you don't feel any sort of fulfillment in what you do. And as soon as like, like, like the things start to connect and you're like, Oh, I feel this way because it's bullshit. Or it's like, I feel this way because I don't believe that. Yeah. Then it's like the dominoes have been hit, man. And like all these things just start crumbling. And I think that's what happened for me. And there was a conversation with the pastor that we worked with. And he was like, hey, man, it sounds like you're like dabbling in universalism or something. <laughs> and it's like, and, and it's like, sounds like you're questioning all your beliefs. And, and he's like, you know, that's totally fine if you're just a lay attender. We encourage that. He's like, but if you're like a paid staff member, like on staff, that's really not something that we really want or looking that's for. so funny. Yeah. And, he's, and it was basically like a, tighten up yeah. or get out and he was like do you need to go on a sabbatical and i was like you know what let's do like an indefinite sabbatical and so that's what happened and i think mm-hmm. maybe for you josh i'll let you speak to you to your your end but my understanding from you is more of like like a physical burnout that then turned into this sort of like theological deconstruction mm-hmm. i don't know yeah well, my, mine was mine was that i'm i to a fault, I put my head down. I just do work. Um, and I was putting in like six to seven hour days on Sunday mornings, uh, dreading like the drive home. And even for the first couple months after I left the church, driving on the same road brought those same feelings wow. of just like, Oh fuck, I'm so tired. Um, but yeah, so I worked a lot just getting all the tech side and the worship music and all that jazz set up. But what kind of triggered it for me was getting hired at this, this, place where I work now and Adrian works too. And the first day there, they told us something. They're like, we hired you because you're you and no one else can do the job that you're going to do. 
and we want to, we, we don't want to only like give you a job. We want to like invest in you as a person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing this like fortune 500 multi-million dollar company telling me that I'm worth something. But the church that I've been to for 20 plus years told me that, uh, I'm a, I'm a dirty, I'm dirty rags or as Matt Chandler put it like a rose that's been passed around. Who wants this nasty rose? I'm like, wait, am I worth something or am I not worth something? Right. Um, so in the middle of the, this new hires thing, I'm, I'm like having like this like theological debate in my head. I'm like, what the hell is like, happening with me? <laughs> like, sir, are you, are you okay? Are you weeping right now? Are you like weeping the class into a ended Bible? Three hours ago. I'm just like staring at the window. I haven't moved. <laughs> like Josh, you got to go. So accepted and loved. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a lot of emotions to process exactly for that reason. Like I, like they accept me more than I accept myself. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so that was, that was a big turning point for me. Um, and with Adrian, Adrian, we joke about this for a while, but it's not wrong. Adrian, it, it, in like his style and the, the things he likes and the, and the way he creates things or the clothes he wears, Adrian is like always ahead of the curve. So much so that we'd say, we had a friend that went to college in Virginia and Adrian w- was talking about how the friend came down. He's like, oh, but we don't have any quote unquote hipsters in Virginia. And Adrian's like, well, give them five years and they'll be dressing like I am. Like, no shit, like five years later, they all look like Adrian Gibbs, <laughs> but much whiter. Um, so I, when Adrian started having those thoughts and like talking to me about it, I'm like, that sounds interesting, but I was honestly so overworked. I didn't have time to mm. think about it. When my wife said, hey, we've, since we've been married at that time, it's maybe six years we've been married. We have never gone to church as a family of four. Mm. I'm like, okay, that put the brakes on everything. I'm like, okay, I need, I need to stop. This is ridiculous. Um, and then I started realizing like when, when everything slowed down, I started realizing I don't like this. I don't like working and hating Sundays. By that time, worship music had gr- grown so old and it's so like, it was like a callus on my hand. It was like a scab. I didn't even want it anymore. Mm. Um, the thing that I enjoyed so much in church, the music, I, I couldn't stand anymore. And then everything that Adrian said to me before, I'm like, what about, what, what if what Adrian is saying tracks? Mm. And then that's when Adrian and I started reaching out to like people that we heard in staff meetings, we shouldn't be talking to. Um, and we started talking to them like and one big friend, like the huge, huge help for Adrian and I was uh, Danny Prada, who I worked with at a church before. Um, but he has a church here in, in South Florida called Hartway. And he was super helpful because he's all, he's already on that, that Christian mystic stuff. Mm. He's, he's bringing in, in like imams to his church. He's bringing in Episcopal priests to, to preach. He's quoting all these desert fathers and mothers that we've never heard of. And yeah. he was so helpful to see someone who was like sort of connected to where we were in the yes. church realm, like in the, in yeah. like the church plants, but he was theologically and like spiritually yeah. somewhere completely different. Like, mm. Oh, it was like, like reaching out my hand out of the water. I'm like, pull me out, Danny. And he's super buff too. So he can he definitely could. pull Just me out. He's like, ah, yeah, and then he, he, then he like curled you like a bunch of times. Yes, it was so comforting. <laughs> and then like chugged a protein shake. Yes. It's like, it was like tasting, it was like tasting cooking that like you had only ever eaten like burnt steak, like a, like yeah. a, a crispy charred steak. And then you had it like for the first time as like medium rare. And you're like, holy shit, this is how this could taste. I had no yeah. idea. Wow. Uh, and so hearing him preach, I think, Someone like Rob Bell was helpful because he was accessible and he was the first name that I had there. And then someone like Danny Prada for us was also like someone who you, you want to be able to find someone that is like adjacent yeah. to where you are because you feel like 
there's like some language that you can kind of jive with. Cause if you don't recognize anything, it's just not likely to get you very far. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the same reason why, like, like the content we do, it's not for everybody. Cause some people don't have our trauma. <laughs> some people haven't been like screwed over the way they've been screwed over yeah. or like they, so for them, it's kind of like the jokes you say and the stuff you say, it's fine, I guess, but it doesn't like it doesn't land. It doesn't click. Yeah, exactly. But, but when you hear someone who came from where you came from and now they are just on this kind of different wavelength, you feel seen and you feel like you're not, you know, crazy you're not losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's, that's man. It's heavy stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot, right? It must, um, you know, you talk about, you know, starting a podcast where you can just be yourself, do yourself. I mean, there's a whole nother level when, when, when generally speaking, when people go through deconstruction, there's this, this component, um, you know, I often use the analogy of like putting on a mask to get to be around people in your community, your church, mm. your pastors, whatever. And so that you can receive acceptance and love, right? So you have to put on this mask that says, yep, no, I'm still an evangelical. I'm still a good Christian boy, you know, whatever it is. And then you get home, you take that mask off and you feel like utter shit. The mask is glowing from acceptance and love, but you got nothing, right? Uh, Because you weren't there. It wasn't you. Something else. And, And it's a whole nother level when you're involved in leadership and all that stuff, because there is no tolerance, right? It's like the thing of, if you're a lay person, you can dabble. We don't mind too much if you read about universalism and go off the deep end and leave like, eh, we'd rather not, but like, eh, one person, lay person, right. doesn't really matter. Maybe a tithe check or something, but it's not going to destabilize the church and screw it up. Right. You're not allowed to do that. You are too influential. Everyone's eyes are on you. You know, whatever else. You're teaching people. You, you're a role model. You're like, no, no questions, no slip ups, no being yourself. If that's who you are, we don't want to know. Um, the, the difference in like being able to then step out into doing the podcast, like how did you guys, how did you guys find that? Like that must've been like, just like walking on like water almost, you know, like. Yeah, it was, it was, well, okay. I'm not going to speak for you, Link, but I'm going to speak for you. I feel like it Do was it. easier for you than it was for me. Um, well, well, I would say that you and I, no, I mean, not to the extreme, we do it now we always had, like you said before, this side conversations and this kind of like laugh, ha ha, look, this is really dumb, but we're in, we're in it. Right. Um, and so I told you, like we were talking about starting the podcast, like it's just going to be an extension of what we already did. Um, and yeah, it was easier for me because I thought like I, I was, I wasn't, it still am if I allow myself uh, so angry at the time that I gave to the church and the way mm. I was treated. Um, I'm not a people pleaser like like specifically but i love people mm. and if, if i give you like all this time and energy and trust and loyalty and you just kind of spit in my face and turn around i'm like oh my god like i'm just gonna mail you some gorilla dung which you can do <laughs> at gorilla dung.com i'm not shitting you, you <laughs> wait you are you gorilla this is your giraffe. Side, right you are yes. shitting us in Phil, a way. Exotic shit. <laughs> yes, it's it's definitely gorilla not my dung. side hustle. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's gorilla dung. Yeah. yeah. And gorilla dung mine. and giraffe dung and lion dung all happens to look exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same. Like my dung. Yeah. Shipped from the same house. Yeah. Um, Your wife's like, Josh, why are you eating that? And it's like, it's a giraffe dung day. This is, I have like I just have so many prunes in my pantry. Yeah. Prunes all the time. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was easier for me just to go, Hey man, I'm in, let's just do this. Uh, mm-hmm. but like Adrian needs a process. So 
I let him no. process. Um, and I, I think for me is like, I was the worship leader for a long time and that's all I ever did. And so when you're the worship leader, uh, I wouldn't just sing songs. I would also kind of share my heart like that one link. I'm going to try and just throw as no, many stop. tropes. I'm going to throw as many tropes your way and see what. I'm like stabbing myself in the leg every time you trigger me, bro. I'm fucking bleeding. <laughs> Turn into a drinking game. Yeah. Yes. That's what that is. That's actually there a tequila. You go. If you're listening like, at home and you hear like some like horrific cliche, you've got to take a shot or something. <laughs> yeah. Got so like an hour to go. So people are going to get right. hammered. <laughs> you're completely uh, The closest liquid next to you. So I'm not responsible if you're, whatever you're drinking. <laughs> or if it's actually consumable by human standards. Yeah. Who cares? And so <laughs> I would just like talk. And, and so I think part of it is I have always been very careful with my words. Mm. And when the way that a person perceives you is rides on the words that you choose. And if a person's like eternal soul rides on the way you formulate a theological stance via prayer or something, or a gospel presentation, like if, if you believe that the words you say can be responsible for a person's eternal salvation, then you better fucking pay attention to what you're going to say right now. And that's what I would do. I would actually like rehearse my prayers. Like before Mm. we would pray, like I would rehearse these things because I'm like, does this track, does this line up? Have I checked all my fucking boxes? And then I would go, okay, great. You're good to do it. And then I wonder why like I would have anxiety whenever I would go up or why I would, you know, and that doesn't just go away even just because you're not in church. And Mm. if anything, um, it can be just as easy when you step into like progressive Christian spaces mm-hmm. to be like, Oh shit. I wonder if, I wonder if that's actually something I can say now too. You know, there is a sort mm-hmm. of like similar fundamentalism that can be found in certain corners of progressive Christianity for sure. Absolutely. Anywhere you go. Um, and so I think going into the podcast, it was kind of like, who's going to hear this? How many foreskin jokes can I make? How many times can I say fuck? Like, can I say these things? Um, and I think the what helped us was telling ourselves that like, no one's going to listen to this shit. <laughs> You're like, there's no way anyone's going to listen to this. Like we're two nobody church planters from like BFE in South Florida, like in a state that everyone in the world hates. Like, why would we, anyone listen to our, our, our shit? Funny. And so then when it happens, um, it actually enforced it because it was kind of going like, I say, it, it made me feel better because I was like, I've been acting like I don't give a fuck because no one was going to listen to this and people started listening. So why mm-hmm. change that now? You yeah. know? And so it actually was like reinforcing me to feel like I can speak my mind. And then the overwhelming response we get from a lot of folks is like, thank you for being honest. They're like, yeah. I think you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for being honest. Like, I think you're lost, but thank you for cursing as much as you do. That's and funny. I think that says something about what people are maybe mm. looking for. Yeah. You know? I think so absolutely. Yeah. I think like when you were saying that Adrian, you were like rehearsing your prayers before you got up to, to lead worship. Like, I don't think, and I think why it's more difficult for you. Cause I don't think, the evangelical church is set up for overthinkers or oversharers. Um, and that's definitely more you than me um, because everything has to be so quick and has to be, Oh, this is the answer for that. This is the answer for that. Yeah. A pre-approved company line. Yes. And so yep. you have to just be able to pivot and absorb things and just spit them out as fast as possible. Um, and so when, when you turn on a podcast and these 
two idiots are just talking about stuff that kind of connects with you in a way that you really haven't voiced to anyone because the church doesn't, the mold for the church doesn't allow you to be yourself. I mean, you can bring aspects of yourself, come just as you are, but come only bringing these things. Come just as things, you are and then immediately change that. Yes. <laughs> and the other things we can pray about because you need God for those things. Um, but I think that's, well, that's what people have told us is just that there's, they feel recognized, they feel seen by whatever we say or something we mm. share or some conversation we'll have in the DMs or some email they'll send us. Um, and I think to me, that's, that's the word, the word I've used a lot is freeing. Like there's all this talk about feeling freedom in the love of Jesus or feeling freedom under, under God's law or whatever, living under God's authority. But I experienced none of that mm. from my early teens till I was 32, 33, I experienced, I was, I was telling my dad this like uh, last weekend, I experienced guilt because I wasn't saving enough people as Jimmy next to me was. I felt guilt because I, anytime I looked at anyone or said anything, no, oh, oh hold on. I have to give a hug to my daughter. Go to bed. Good night. Aww. Good night. You're making something. Um, any, anytime I did anything, there was some insane eternal consequence. And I'm imagine putting that on someone who has all these hormones raging through their body. And then you tell them sex is wrong. Don't ever look at a woman I'm like, but they're everywhere. The women are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, there's just so much of this guilt and weight put on you that I never felt that freedom. Mm. And, and so and it's kind of cyclical because you feel like you said, Adrian, you're not preaching the gospel enough to yourself. Am I not feeling the freedom? Cause I'm not doing enough. Mm. Like, but sure. they look like they're feeling freedom in worship or they're feeling freedom when they preach or Matt Chandler conquered cancer or John Piper's fucking the old ghost from Christmas Carol, whatever the hell he is. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 I don't know. He's, he's from the Muppet Christmas. You ever see that one? It's funny. Yeah. Where they come up in the chains. Yeah. Ah, right. Marley, Marley and Marley. Marley. Yeah. Marley, man. Um, Marley. Fucking John Piper. Um, so you see all these people in the Christian scene with this freedom, like, but I don't feel that. Mm. So I, I need to try harder. I need to mm. write a worship song. I need to go to this conference. And like, that's a really good analogy you had. It feels like you take that mask off. The mask feels good. Mm-hmm. When you step into those spaces, you feel great. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You can sing the same songs. We can say the same words. We can wear the same t-shirts. But I, I vividly remember leading worship at churches, like taking my acoustic guitar off, the pastor comes on to preach, and waiting for the entire worship team to leave so I could sit in the green room and just lie on my back on the cold floor. And, and, and I, I sat there and I'm like, why are you doing this, Josh? I'm like, so I could, like I said out loud, so I could feel something. So I could feel the mm. cold tile on me because I felt nothing. Yeah. I felt no freedom. All I felt was just guilt. Yeah. And then on this side of things, like maybe I feel too much freedom sometimes <laughs> we say, but like, that's how I feel. And I feel like there's a community of people out there who, 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 who appreciate that freedom and then, and then enjoy it with us. Mm. Um, I was able to go to, to Nashville with my family about a month ago, just to get, we got a cabin up in the mountains and we're just kind of doing our own thing. And while we drove through Nashville, I was actually able to meet up with someone who knows us from the podcast. Oh, nice. uh, and so just talking to them, I, I texted Adrian afterwards, like, man, 
if no one else listened to it, our podcast was just for this guy because just the way he described how we've helped him, which sounds so dumb and self-inflating to say, like, oh, we helped them, but I don't do oh, anything. Oh, look at us. Oh, I record yeah. in my garage. <laughs> yeah. like, I just make memes on my phone every yeah. day, all day. Um, but in, in, in the times when we get too many evangelical people saying, you're being negative, you got to edify people or whatever, I just think about those experiences, conversations yeah. where people are like, man, I needed that. I, I've yeah. re-listened to a podcast. Like, how do you re-listen to something that's two hours long? That's insane. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, freedom is just, wow. just, just the theme of what I've been feeling ever since, what, three years ago. You guys manage that, like you know, because there's a very real um, dynamic of being in a public space where everyone and their mom wants to give you feedback, and a huge amount of it will be positive, of course. Like generally yeah. speaking, people, yeah, are just enamored by stuff of people they're following. Right? I'm always amazed by people that follow you, like consistently hate everything. Yeah. And you're like, dude. <laughs> what is wrong like if you don't yeah. like mcdonald's don't eat there every day and complain stop like, eating it but stop i have eating to it. tell them you how much they it. suck you know <laughs> um but uh you know but there is that dynamic of you're always going to get people that are yeah bitching complaining like how do you guys um navigate that because you know like that was probably a dynamic when you were leading in a church you know you also have that down right oh the worship music's too loud i don't like drums or you know whatever i we all yeah i don't know i didn't do worship so um you weren't wrong right. i, was I, right. I, I don't like right. worship music so <laughs> uh, but uh you know like that's one dynamic but it's it's a whole nother dynamic when it's almost like it's it's your baby it's your thing you know what i mean like there's a, a, a whole nother level probably of, of um i don't mean pride in a, in a negative sense but just a pride of like oh i'm doing good work i'm helping mm-hmm. people but there's a whole nother work of like ah oh, yeah i suck or um, you know, if you're overthinking things like, you know, you get that kind of Brene Brown, like vulnerability hangover after the podcast is up and you're like, yep. oh, what did I say? Oh God, yeah. what are they going to think? Or <laughs> like, do you guys navigate that well? Or, or is that something that you kind of have to like work through with each podcast, work through with each post and you post a meme and go, oh, am I going to be able to brace for the the tsunami of hopefully positive, but also the shit storm that comes? I th- I'll speak from the kind of like the social media piece i think there is a distinct demographic and it's usually like father husband like 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 an instagram bio that's like pastor father husband with like a cross and a heart like that's usually the demographic that gives us the most shit um we do find people who follow us and then all they do is they're like hey you should try being positive for a week just be positive for a week and see what happens you know um or people who are like, why are you guys so mad? Or like, hey, like, and I can actually get by with just completely dismissing people like that. Because I'm like, we are so kind of like diametric mm-hmm. that there's almost like, it's, like, it doesn't make a difference to me. Right. I, the thing that hurts the most is somebody who found you in the beginning right. and was like, oh my God, thank you for what you're doing. You guys are incredible. The work you're doing is so helpful. And then I'll post something like Black Lives Matter. And then that person who's like like an all lives matter person will be like, I can't believe that you don't believe this, this, and this. And then people who like maybe have stuck around with you for like six months. We've only been around for eight months, so it's not right. that long. But you know, it's a whole life for, though. It's a whole right. life. Yeah. Exactly. So people who've been with you for six months and then you post something and then it that's when right. I feel like Oh fuck! Because you know, because you do feel like um, 
what did I do? You know, like, what did I do to make yeah. you stop liking me? <laughs> and, and, and I'm the one that, um, like link, I would say it's like, what, like a 60, 40 kind of ratio of like who posts what. Yeah. And then like, we've even gotten comments like from friends that have known us for a while. And this one I had to work through and I, I, I talked to Adrian about it. Um, but, uh, they, they told us, why don't you have people on the podcast that don't agree with you? Mm. And at the time, like, ah, that's a good idea. And then I was talking to, to Adrian about it. I'm like, but that's not like, we're not, to go back to something we all said, we said it before, it's not apologetics. Like we're not right. here to have debate. Yeah. Like yeah, we want to bring on world people. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. We want to bring on people that we enjoy talking to. Yeah. And that's it. Like it, it, it's, it's funny. Um, Kent Dobson says it really well. The loyal soldier. It's like, it's, it's that loyal soldier within you that has it, the, the soldiers built out of these Christian ethics and, and way of thinking that sometimes sneaks up back on you. Like, well, we, we have, mm. if we have someone who says the McDonald's sucks, we have to have someone that says McDonald's is great. Like, no, I just want to talk about fast food in general. I don't give a shit about what anyone thinks. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something like that I worked through with Adrian talking and like, like we'll, we'll text each other pictures of someone who commented something on the, on the Instagram or like, eh, whatever, or, okay. Or, or the best ones are when someone says something and we just go, just let the comments deal with it. And yeah, yeah. people that follow us are like, oh, it's no. The it's like, the oh, best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Honestly, the, the amount of times I'm like, I've got to reply to that because I don't want it to get out of hand or whatever. And then like, I'm, my wife distracts me. We hang out for a couple hours and I come back and I'm like, oh, they got destroyed. I'm like, yep. It, it's, yeah. People always ask me, why don't you delete comments? I'll, I'll delete things if people are, are specifically attacking yeah. people, but that's actually fairly rare. Most people are just wanting to have an intellectual debate or something. Um, and the reason I don't is I'm like, no, I, I want people to see how bad the other arguments are. Mm. And actually, if they turn out to be good arguments, I'll probably learn something. But I know most of them, I've taught them for like a couple of decades. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Um, and it is like, there's so many people you'll post like crazy things and then they'll reply and you're like, Case in point, I mean, I don't even have to reply. People can just look at that and go, you got oh, it. that's what Phil's talking about. I actually thought when he posted that example, that was extreme. No one's really like that. Holy shit, first comment is interesting. <laughs> yep. You know, like, yep. right. it's, it's crazy. Do, do you no. find yourselves, um, you know, this is an interesting dynamic when you've got like multiple people, I guess, but like, you know, you're, you're you know, saying 60, 40, social media, you're posting different things. Like, and then there is the dynamic of certain stuff, right? You've got people tracking with you for like six months. And they're tracking with you because they're going through a deconstruction of faith and all sorts of different stuff. And then, you know, Black Lives Matter kicks off to a whole new degree again around, you know, um, different police brutalities that are being mm -hmm. more televised, advertised, spiral. Um, and so, you know, as many people did, um, you go, I'm going to post about it on social media. Now there's a whole stay in your lane and all that shit, right? But like, do, do you on some level go, hold on, Will us divide people? Is this what we're going to talk about? Maybe that's a bit of an extreme example because, you know, it's, it's probably quite clear for most people what you should be doing in that scenario. Mm -hmm. But do, do you sit and think, ah, should we go after this area? Is that going to be divisive to the point where it's going to lose us influence of helping people? Or is, is that stuff you think about? Or do you just kind of throw stuff on and just see what happens? Well, now do you I run am. it by each other. Or, <laughs> oh, I, I'm just intrigued as to like, how do you, because for me, I do that internally. And then I go, eh, fuck it. And then post, because who cares? It's just me. But I don't yeah. know if Adrian does, eh, who cares? Fuck it. I mean, it's probably not going to hurt me. Maybe it's screw over Josh's life. <laughs> Upload. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. <laughs> do, do you guys 
have that dynamic because it's big in me. Like I'm constantly like, oh, I don't, I'll pick my battles, you know, like. Yeah. I think it's part of that where you're kind of going like, is, am I saying something or implying something that's going to marginalize a mm. group of people? Um, but I feel like for the most part, we, we have a way of like, Josh and I are on such a similar wavelength that it's kind of like, if you say something, if he posts something, re- whether or not I would have posted that or if I even found it or whatever, it's almost like, but this is who we are. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the whole thing is that this whole podcast has always been equal parts heavy and light. It's like, we are a mixed bag. Like we're a, we're a potluck dude. Like if it nourishes you, freaking grab it. And if it doesn't serve you, then just leave it on the table. Right. And so, and I think that we would be remiss to hide a piece of yourself or to feel something and not say it because of who you're going to annoy or irritate. Because if you do that in this platform, where else can you ever be honest? Because we've been doing that for our entire life, you know? And so it's one of those things where it's like, we are not for everybody. You know, there are, there's a group of people who they don't like, like loud mouth, like sarcastic cursing idiots. And that's fine. Like then you might not be your bag. And there's also group of people who are like super pissy, burn the whole thing down. This is all fucked. There is zero credence in any sort of religion or faith tradition, like fuck it all, fuck everything. And we're not for them either because there is a tilt towards a spiritual approach to life. Mm. And just knowing that like the people who resonate with us will probably be okay with hearing this aspect of us as well. And the people who this, if this is going to put you off, like then we would have put you off at some point. Yeah. Down the road. You're not going to survive long anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Josh, you want to add that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've said it on the podcast. It's not new, but um, Adrian is definitely the wordsmith. Um, so as far as like posting stuff, I'll send him stuff like, dude, you can caption this. The, the picture is hilarious, but I'm sure you have a good caption. Turn it into something magical. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, we've known each other for so long and we've, I mean, we're in a band and we did like two tours and driven in vans together and our wives are really good friends. Our kids hang out with each other. Like we've done life. Take a shot. Yeah. Uh, Nice. We've done life a lot with each other. And so I know if I, if I see something like, even if it's not related to the podcast, like I have to send it to Adrian because he'll die laughing or yeah. We're we're just the, the church did a lot of good for us. And one of the things was that like, we have a good group of friends that we play music with that we all grew up in church playing music with. And like musically, we just know where each other's going. And even like our friendship wise, like we have like a group text thread and we're just been telling the same jokes for years. Um, And I'm of the mind, like, I don't, I, I still want to harness that feeling like no one's listening to us despite like, I, I looked up like how many podcast downloads we've had on our latest podcast. It's like, like I thought we would get three. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Like, I know. what is happening? Um, and it's so to me, it's still like our baby. And who I don't care if you don't like it, great. If you like it, awesome. Or like it's it's just there for people to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like using using that word freedom again, like I feel free just to be myself because this is the first time in in 30 some odd years where i can like publicly not like behind closed doors or in a text thread or or sharing a, f- a funny picture where i can say how i feel 
and Adrian and I had a discussion. We're like, well, what if we say something and then like a couple months later or a year later, we don't believe that thing. We're like, <laughs> well, even better than the podcast is just a snapshot of who we were at that moment. Yeah. And yep. we can always go back to it and make fun of it or just like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that anymore. And I think to me, I appreciate when people do that because then you could see, you don't just get like the pinpoints of who a person is. You get to draw like the, the lines of how they yeah. got there. Mm, and that yeah. journey of, of someone's thoughts is so interesting. Um, and uh, like a person who is huge for Adrian and I, I'll give him a shout out. He's kind of not big. I don't know if you've heard of him, Pete Holmes. Not oh, a big love name. Pete. <laughs> yeah, if people don't know about him, he's kind of like Pete underground. He's like a really niche yeah. <laughs> DIY guy. Yeah. Um, but he was, I, I, Adrian and I have both been following him for a while and just seeing how he went from like church boy to his wife cheating on him to pursuing comedy full time, um, across his podcast, his book and his show, just watching his life. I'm like, that's, that's what I want to do for everyone awesome. else is show them where I am, where we are and just let them track yeah. if they want. And we try and do that too. Cause on podcasts. And one thing we talked about was like, cause you see a lot of podcasts and, and they talk about a topic. And like they kind of pick a topic and like we're gonna take this on and that's totally fine and a lot of some of the best kind of growth that i've had has been from like finding a topic that i was interested on and mm. listening to that podcast but i think for us even then we always try and approach every topic even because we do do that um but we always try to approach it as like this is just like our perspective today yeah this isn't some sort of comprehensive definitive view and it's also completely limited because we can't even begin to um experience people who have suffered in different ways or who have experienced different facets of a particular yeah. issue. And so we always say like, our hope is that we can bring another person on here who can talk about this in a completely different way. And even if 40% of the same stuff is, is hashed out, the other 60% is going to be completely new. Yeah. Um, and if we can double back on ourselves in, you know, years from now and go, yeah, that was real stupid. But just take it in stride, you know? And I think we're trying to do that now, looking at our reform days and our evangelical days and our megachurch days and our Southern Baptist stuff. I am kind of like, might as well post something that you feel if it's something you truly feel. You know, yeah. if, if it was like trying to like project some sort of bullshit persona or like try and like pick up some sort of faux rage against something that I truly don't feel connected to, but I'm just like trying to like give the people what they want. Well, at that point, right. that's like a circle jerk. And that's not something we have been about from the get go. Um, but it's almost like if this is the way we feel, then just say it. And if we're wrong, then we can change our mind in real life. And then it will coincide with changing our mind on something we say or post. Yeah. You know? And I think when you, when, when you said that, Adrian, that reminded me of, so the church is really quick to share their wins publicly. Mm -hmm. Everything's out in the open. This many baptized, this much raised for the building fund, whatever. Anytime anything bad comes up, shh, be quiet. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to do that here. Like if we have wins, celebrate them. If we have losses, celebrate them. Like every, like there is like, yeah, there are bad things that happen, but there are like, you can take it, like you said, Adrian, you can take it in stride. If something bad happens or you don't agree with yourself, talk about it, own up to yeah. it, work through mm -hmm. it. That's, yeah. that's humanizing yeah. um, to someone who doesn't understand you. And I think that's a big disconnect for the church is like, oh, you hear about all these scandals, especially in South Florida, man, there's some weird shit. Um, there have been people that we've done events with that have gotten arrested for uh, child uh, pornography while being teachers at a local school and working in youth groups with multiple churches. 
Yeah, it's fucking crazy. crazy. And come to find out, like, this was known about when he was working over here, but this person at this church never talked to this person at this church. Mm -hmm. So they allowed this dude to go around and do what he wanted to. And so when you see people who are looking at the church, like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, you look all pretty and you have fucking pyro on your stage for Lord knows what reason. (laughs) But the second any shadowy stuff comes up, it's the darkest shit ever because you guys don't deal with anything. Um, And and so coming out of that, we don't want to be that. It's just, here's all our dirty laundry. Take it or leave it. I'd rather err on the side of oversharing. So people know right from the get what they're into, what they're, what we're, what they're about to get, you know, and they can, I want you to know pretty early on that you're probably not going to stick around. Have you ever, Phil, maybe you probably have, have you ever had someone follow you and you like, and they're, and you look at them or you look at some other stuff and you totally judge a book from its cover, like an asshole. And you're like, you are not going to be around. Okay. (laughs) I do that all the time. And it's probably a bad thing. But well, you look at the Instagram who, profile, right? And it says, pastor, father, husband, <laughs> daughter of the king. You're like, oh God, you're not going to well, like us for too much longer. Yeah. Proverbs 31 yeah. wife. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's, have part you of guys read um, uh, Leah Romini's um, Troublemaker? It's about her coming out of um, Scientology. It's a cool No, but I, I, watched, I watched her short little documentary on it. Okay. Yeah. So oh she starts her book and she's like, let me tell you all my shit. She's like, because the second you say anything about Scientology, they will literally, and they have kept records of everything. You have to tell them in detail everything you ever do wrong. And if you don't, people in Scientology will report on you. So they still know everything you've ever done wrong. Um, Because it's a a sin not to report someone um, because it doesn't help them. They have to be helped. And so there's this huge list of like, well, they slept with this person and they cheated there and they cheated on their taxes and they didn't do this and they lied there. And it's just like, Laundry. So she's like, let me tell you, this is who's writing this book. And she just lists so much shit. And you're like, whoa. And she's like, yeah, I'm flawed. All right, let's move on. And it's like, there's nothing you're going to find out in this memoir anymore that's going to like be like, well, that I'm closing the book now. Right. And it's like, right. What's your point? Like, you know what I mean? There's still plenty here to be explored. And and it is weird the church dynamic. You know, I mean, I I was reading one of the, um, they did like a, a closed survey on churches that um, basically had different uh, sex scandals. And uh, they basically asked like, why didn't you report this? Why did you let mm. this person just gracefully leave quietly out the back door and then go on and do the same thing, right? The youth pastor, he's only got one profession. He might not get a good reference, but he's going straight into the next church and becoming a youth pastor. Um, and again and again and again, it was, we didn't want to have to deal with this scandal. We didn't want everyone to know that we had this thing going on. Right. So right. This it was our problem. image thing of like, yeah. we just don't want people to know. We'll happily move them over there. We'll send them as a missionary. We'll put them in charge of the nursery. Like God knows what people are doing, but as long right. as it's not, we look bad. Um, and, and it is like you're saying, like nobody actually believes that's, well, I don't know. Maybe we do believe it. I, I probably believed it for many years these people at the top are perfect and that's why we're so upset when they fall and that's why we beat ourselves up all day every day right because the youth pastor telling me not to watch porn i bet he never gets an erection and i'm got like <laughs> 28 hours a day got an erection <laughs> you know like <laughs> like it's ridiculous but we, everyone knows yeah. the 22 year old youth pastors watching porn and masturbating half the time especially if he's fixated on it the way that most youth pastors are yes, right. and, yes. and so like it's this weird dynamic where we're suddenly we beat ourselves up we see the person is perfect but all these people end up falling somehow and, and so it's just this reality of like can we be honest can we talk about just life as it is good bad ugly 
um, especially recognizing that a lot of the time, the good, the bad, and the ugly are definitions. There are all kinds of skewed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, think so it's really important to do, you know, what you guys are doing. Just yeah, we're getting ready to record another episode, and for certain episodes, we like to ask the bad apples, as we call them, to submit like their own stories on what we're going to be talking about. And one submission came in today, and it's specifically about like, the church family, like the dynamic of like church friendships and the family that's created through the church. Um, but she mentions how she would open up to friends when they asked, how are you doing? And she would just kind of spill everything out and they'd go, all right, cool. And like, what, what? Um, it's, it's super interesting for a religion that follows this guy, Jesus, who by all accounts is like a very personable person who Mm. was with the lowest of low. And then when he got to the highest of high people was like kicking their ass with like a whip he made with a handmade whip, which is like super badass. Um, for religion that follows that guy, they don't seem really concerned with like the person of you. Um, uh, it's always like a image they have to project. Joe Lumen said it, we had her on uh, that podcast actually goes live pretty soon, but like, you're not protecting the church. You're protecting the brand. Yeah. Yep. Um, and when she said that, like that clicked in my head, that's why they wanted us to leave quietly because the image had to be kept up because the brand had to be kept up. Um, because you can't be the church with like the universalist on staff. (laughs) Yeah, you you can't be the church where two of the three people who helped plant it left. Right, right. right. It has to be, they need to leave quietly because it can't be a problem with the church. It has to be a problem with them. And if you don't say anything, then at least you don't know what the problem is. It it doesn't, Mm. you know, pinpoint to one specific. Phil, are are you familiar with what's happening at Menlo Church in California? You heard anything about that? Not, I don't think so. I, I might have heard about the situation yeah. and not the name. So, so. I'm sure I'm going to get the details wrong, but it's, it's a very extreme example of what we're talking about. It's the, uh, this one. Uh, so th- there's this pastor, I forget what his name is. Um, he has uh, two sons. And um, so this, the, we'll call him son, son number one uh, came out and said that there has been someone in the church who works in children's ministry who has confessed to multiple pastors and to myself as the, as son one of the pastor that they have sexual attraction to kids. Wow. I have gone through all avenues to get this addressed, but no one in the church wants to. So I'm taking it public. Wow. So Menlo is shutting it down. Mm-hmm. People in the church are going crazy. Uh, come to find out the person who confessed having a sexual attraction to children was son number two. I saw this coming. <laughs> who is the, the pastor of the children's ministry. Wow. And why son number one is not getting listened to because son number one is transgender and is married to a transgender woman. And so they are the outcasts of the family. By the way, can we address how much of a nightmare this pastor, the senior pastor, is living right now as a, oh. I presume, fairly evangelical or yes. some sort of like, oh, you know, yeah. you're like, you're this two for is two, not homie. doing well, right? You know, right. Yes. he's like scratching his head looking at that. What is it? The Timothy passage where it's like, you know, all leaders should have like a family that's in check and they are what? above reproach. It's like, God damn it. Like, like what do it. I do with this? Oh. Yeah. And, and oh my God. So come to find out. <laughs> they thought the way to keep son number two in check was to basically put him in therapy, which was keep him interacting with children on a church basis as a way of therapy for his sexual attraction to kids. What that implies- For fear that he might be, yeah. Yes, what what that implies is that all the parents unknowingly sign their kids up for this weird ass pedophilia Therapy therapy. Yeah. 
And so now all the parents are blowing up their social medias and the church has said zero things about it. Yeah. Zero. Um, it's huge. Deleting everything that anyone says. Oh yeah. It's, it's such a weird thing as well, because you use that word therapy, right? But mm -hmm. we all know that this is not on any level, no. any form of qualified form of therapy. This and is no one in this church church is therapy, right? Yes, exactly. It's like, I'm They're a pastor. All pastors. I know yes. all things about therapy and can yes. deal with all kinds of mental health issues, especially something as complex as pedophilia, right? Which is like, yes, weirdly, like, I mean, it's, it's such a complex spectrum of, yes. of different issues and stuff to be playing with in a kid's Sunday school, yeah. right? Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, dude. It's, it's All hard those to do at a dedicated like rehab yeah. facility. Like, oh. let me come and do group therapy and one-on-one -on -one therapy. Let me like revisit your trauma. Let me do some like you know self-parenting. Let me do all this stuff. Eh, we just send them to Sunday school. You should we figure it out? Like, what? You yeah. Know, like, like that's how? The, that's where do you justify that? What, what, what passage in the Older New Testament justifies that behavior? Well, that, yeah. Well, and it's grace like, and forgiveness and right. all these things that are applicable to uh, my only son that's the option for my nepotism. Right, right, right. right. You know, yeah. It, yeah, grace no, and right. forgiveness wasn't available to, you know, maybe like, you know, the first son because he screwed up first, right? And yeah, yeah. Friends or, you know, or whatever, right? But like, now I've run out of like, you know, inheritors. I kind of need to figure out how to keep this one in. Right. Like, Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's such a messy. And, and the thing is, right. You, we tell these stories, right. And it doesn't shock any of us. Right. Yeah. It calls us. It disappoints us. It upsets us. It's heartbreaking, but we're not surprised. We've, we've heard the story again and again and again. It's just, it's just, yeah. It's the system is built to perpetuate this. Yes. Intentionally. I'm not saying that the Christian church was built to, create pedophiles to create you know corruption or whatever but in unintentionally it's clearly creating this again and yeah again. It, it, it's set up to allow anyone with that slight bent to slide into that position of power and then relish in the in the applied narcissism of of the people yeah um, and then you have people who i believe full well know what they're doing and can pray on like my grandma who sends them like 30 bucks a month because he's going to send them water that he got from a lake in Israel or some bullshit. Look, I'm going to send your grandma the water at some point, right? There's been some delivery issues with COVID, but I will get her the water. <laughs> She's pissed. Dude, tell her to She's keep pissed. the money coming. You got a bag of Gorilla Dung coming your way, uh, son. Dude, I will repackage it and sell it as Holy Dung <laughs> to your grandma. This is, yeah, exactly. From the Holy Land. Yeah, it's... It, oh, it's, my God. Uh, that and, stuff is just... Yeah, I mean, there's, and, there's and, and, no I don't way think to... Adrian and I even started thinking about that until Joe Lumen kind of hopped into our, our lives. Mm. Like just the way she just approaches like the church in general and the way she talks about it and sees it and like, yeah, yes to all of these things. Like this, the system that built this is, is so beyond just weird and dysfunctional. Um, and the, the, the bravery with which she approaches those issues is enviable. Like she just yeah. is tenacious. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what, what's crazy is, is watching her social media, either her Instagram, or her Twitter, the responses back and forth. It's just these people come up and bring these like counterpoints to her, which are not counterpoints. They don't read anything she says. No. And, and it's very typical of the way we were addressed. They don't listen to anything we say. They pick and choose the things that, that hurt them the most. And like, ah, oh, why, why are you guys not positive enough? Or why did you say this about penises? Or like, how dare you say black lives matter? How about the blue line? Don't cross the blue line because 
blue lives matter and cops I'm like oh my god you did not hear anything we said mm. um so yeah. yeah i think too that that's part of it I, if you look at the whole system of evangelicalism that we were brought up in um it, it's completely laced together with fear and it's this fear of losing your people, which is really losing your money and losing your influence. It's this fear of being perceived as a failure or being perceived as uh, less than a city on a hill, you know? Mm. And so it's this sort of fear that drives so much behavior. And I just wanted to like kind of follow what you were saying, Link, because when we spoke to someone like Joe and, and you do the same thing, Phil, it's like there are people who are, their, their bravery is, is protecting a lot of people, yeah, people who have been like getting shit on, you yeah. know, and who have just, as Rob Bell puts it, has like the boot of empire on their neck, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, and you see like the way that people like Joe are just being like attacked by complete fucking idiots, yeah. like it makes you be like, oh, well, then I shouldn't. I mean, if she can be brave, then I can be brave. It, it makes you get your gloves off, right? There's few places that I will get my gloves off and start swinging more than Joe Lumen's comments. Like when I see people shitting on it, I'm like, all right, let's do this. I, I, I never really engage with argument. I just don't see the point. It's like people coming on your like your platform going, ah, I wish you spoke German in German. And I'm like, I don't even read what you're saying. Like, and you don't understand English. So why are we having this conversation? Like we are not- That's amazing. You know, like yeah. this is such a stupid conversation you know yeah. it's like people that have rob bell on their show to talk about how he doesn't believe the bible and therefore he's a universalist and it's like dude we are not going to talk about the bible here like yeah fucking, we have total different perspectives but you see someone like joe lumen's comments and they're like well you clearly don't know the bible i'm like dude you are gonna get destroyed she's got like an end <laughs> you idiot yeah like right, you know like right. she understands the bible trust me um yeah. like you yeah. do not want to do this and it is funny when she shows up right i mean it is funny when she's like okay let's look at some bible and you're like oh this is gonna be good this is gonna yeah. be good i love yeah. it i love it she was one of my favorite guests i've ever had on the podcast I mean, she and what's interesting is amazing. we had her on and then we had david hayward uh his naked mm, pastor naked pastor yeah and I, I think they are, are two sides of the same coin is that she's like the fiery, I'm going to catch your grenades and throw them back at you. And David is like, just coming to the fold. Here's some art. Here's a, yeah. a, a way to embrace the unknowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's get rid of your labels. And I'm just yeah. here to listen. Yeah. Um, and it's, I was talking to my wife about it. It's so comforting to see people who are like further along in life than us who have sort of been where we currently are yeah to see because because what i'm doing and like in adrian and i are doing you can get lost in your head and say oh i'm pioneering i'm taking my machete and i'm i'm cutting away the leaves i'm I'm leading this path like no people have been on this path before it's like okay good right i actually don't want to carry the machete highway like a hundred feet to the left of you (laughs) yes like great i don't want to be doing your grill lifting that's funny (laughs) you're like i'm outdoorsy it's like your your camera like pans out you're drinking your own piss yeah there's like an entryway there's like why are you peeing into that snake I got to drink out of the snake. Yeah. 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 Uh, Where did you that, even that find a snake? This is a kid's playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I mean, like someone like Joe, that's a great analogy. I mean, she is like, she's like grabbing grenades, hurling them back, running in like with her mm-hmm. machete, you know, repurposing it. Um, yeah. And like David Hayward is like, let me just hug you and I'll take yeah. the shrapnel from that grenade in my back. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is just happy to take so much crap. And it just, 
I don't know. I mean, when I talk to him on the podcast, it feels like a, a lot of it is water off a duck's back. To him, it's like it is the man. This is German and English. Like, I, there's not a point in me trying to mm -hmm. like talk to you about this. We're talking a different language. You don't understand. Why don't you let your grenades blow up? They won't do anything here because I'm. This is my family. I'm protecting. Yeah. Him. My his art is so. Come on in. You're welcome. Everyone yep. else gets riled up and he's like, "All right, you be riled up," but. Everyone else is in here. It's safe. It's it's friendly. It's it's inclusive. I mean, it's amazing to just to understand. There's different approaches and there's different seasons. There's different people in different places that need different things. Um, but we were all told that anyone who isn't at church on a weekend, they're all just sinners, like just yeah. smoking cigarettes, staying up late Saturday night, not taking care of their vocal cords so they can't sing well, not yep. doing their vocal warm up practices. I thought I was. This is very. Anyway. I was gonna say this is very specific. Very to specific. I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, got I was that told a lot. like people were having orgies and stuff, which I'll be yeah. honest, a little bit more envious of orgies than like not doing vocal warm ups. So like you're taking you're taking communion. Like wait, I could be having an orgy right now. Why the hell yeah. am I here? <laughs> Dude, an orgy mimosas. sounds terrible to me. Like you know, I do not need that pressure in my life at all. Like, but but the food spread at an orgy would have to be pretty legit though. Because you don't want to touch having... anything. You do not want to eat. No, I use tongs. I bring my orgy tongs. Wait, you, you ever have orgy, orgy tongs? tongs? That's not something they don't have across the lake. Yeah, yeah that I'll, is I'll send it to you. I got you. I, I have way too yeah, many. For Thirty dollars um... a month, we will send you a lifetime <laughs> subscription of orgy tongs. Is it like uh, the Meundies where you get like a new pair of tongs every week? Yeah, yes. right. They're and, breathable. Is that They're is antimicrobial? That... Fuck orgy tongs. Yeah, this is going to be your the next Dirty Rub podcast starts. It's like this episode is brought to you by orgy tongs. No context. Uh, None. Right now, yeah, we're nine dollars yeah, right a month. You'll get new orgy tongues straight yeah. to your door. Oh, that's uh, amazing. That is crazy. No, I have too many um, uh, way too intense upbringing in an evangelical world to ever think of an orgy as anything I could even like begin to enjoy. Like way too much shame, way too much yeah. like anxiety, fear, well, all that. I mean, like, dude, I like no no the, the 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 transition just from going from like having utter shame and hatred of self in masturbation to like okay now sex is supposed to be like a porno movie and like the best sure. thing that ever happened and everyone's supposed to be having a great time like the thought of like orgy i'm like dude christians are not ready for that they, they i always thought not cope at all there'd be like just a sea of people with erectile dysfunction or like, you know, premature ejaculation. Uh, There's women that are like literally just hating themselves because they've got like a strapless top on. Like, I mean, Christians are not ready for, for the orgy. I don't think. Yeah. I, I always thought, isn't like an orgy just always just like covered in like goat's blood and everyone just worshiping the devil, just having sex with the devil. You know, I feel like I've always just connected. Yeah. yeah before, with before the, um, before the fornication starts, you must summon the dark one. To yeah, you have to summon the, to oversee Baphomet. It. This is yes. everyone else on Sunday at 11 yes, a.m. They're having crazy. Right, you're having at 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you, haven't, you ever had like a brunch orgy? Right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> mimosa. You're, you're just orgy. like popping raspberries that's in the funny. in the yeah. mimosa from the oh, from good. the orgy tongues, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Phil, you sound yeah. like you're saying orgy tongues. I'm not going to correct him. It still works. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to correct your accent. I'm just saying we it could still sell, works. We could it's sell not covers. my accent. I'm permanently <laughs> having a stroke. So uh, <laughs> I just like slur everything. <laughs> I think orgy tongues is a band name. That yes. I think we should go with. There you know? we go. We can start, orgy uh, tongues. Yeah. Exvangelical band, orgy tongues. Dude, uh, could, orgy could tongues. you be more niche? An exvangelical uh, you know, punk <laughs> It's band. an exvangelical. <laughs> 
if if you oh, guys God. if you guys have proved anything by your like meteoric success it's like that being a niche podcast being a niche that's band but that's the way to go right i mean no one needs Clearly. another Coldplay. they want to discover their they band. want the tongues. that's it and we are here dude i'm registering the website right now <laughs> yeah and our first single domain and our first single instead of clocks it'll be cox bike yeah, this clock is Coldplay. Time. I got you. Nice. Good yes. job, man. Good job. Can we just Science. be a Coldplay tribute band? Yes. But it's just all expect orgy themed, angelical just orgy like themed, weird sex theme. Yeah. Oh god. Isn't that what Coldplay's about, anyways? Scientists and all those other songs, right? There's only two I can think of. Dude, yeah, good, I don't listen work. to music, so <laughs> I, I genuinely am uh, freak. Phil so. just pulled. I get it. No, hey, that's it. So yeah. But isn't Coldplay <laughs> like the guys who wrote your national anthem? Don't you guys have that over there? Uh, no, you're mistaken. Uh, you're thinking you too. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! There, there might be crossover. I don't know, but no, that was that was definitely royalist white supremacy. Oh, okay, as you gotcha. wrote our national anthem. I just, I'm a, I just, I'm a Scot yeah. as well. So, oh, down with the Queen, down with England. Yeah, I'm just joking. I love England. So please, please yeah. keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't say it because your marriage in a crash and the frames are in a crash. Yeah, right. Mark, yeah, Mark Driscoll will show up and kick it down. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. How do we get an orgy tongues? Eh, whatever. How did we not? I mean, how did it take us an hour and 40 minutes to get here? That's the, we were, you know we were being were very to. serious. We were trying to talking yeah. about my trauma. I was silently <laughs> crying. I'm, I'm going to give this, I'm this is going to be subtitled. It's going to be, you know, podcast number, whatever, 65 or whatever, dirty, rotten church kids, church kids. See, I'm telling you, I'm constantly having some sort of stroke. Colon. Orgy tongues. Done. <laughs> It's right. We uh, have to be podcast perfect. 69. No explanation. Skip You're going to have to wait them. an hour and 40 minutes before that makes any sense. <laughs> right. uh, a lot of context. Most people yeah. won't. Most people won't. Um, uh, most people tail off after about 10 minutes. So, uh, oh <laughs> Especially with us. They're going to be like, okay, these guys are idiots. Well, I don't know. Next. They might be like, finally, Phil's got someone that's like, you know, up for some laughs or maybe they love the boring. I don't know. It's, if people find your audience, though, right? It's like you're saying, you be yourself. That's true. People find. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It's um, true. <laughs> It's funny. So where do you guys see yourselves? Do, do you have a, when you're looking at your journey, where do you see yourselves right now? Like are you, you mentioned kind of progressive Christianity. Do you feel like a progressive Christian? Do you feel like, eh, I'm just long gone. I, I don't associate with Christianity as much anymore. I'm more sort of spiritual. Like, how would you describe where you guys are at? Josh? <laughs> I don't know. Adrian's like, yes. <laughs> I'm well, like, how much time you got? No, yeah, I, I think I would consider myself maybe like one of the nuns, kind of a nun, yeah, um, and a dun. I'm a nun dun, and I think it's like I don't really have interest in church. I think I. It's weird because on one hand, there is something about Christianity that obviously is important to me. Mm. Like all of this work is centered around that system and idea. And there is something about the Christ that is deeply resonant with me. Like when Richard Rohr talks about mm. in, in, in that book, there is something that's deeply resonant with me about that idea. And so all that language is tethered to Jesus. So there's yeah. Christianity somewhere in there. But as far as like, I don't know if I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a mystic Christian or I'm a progressive Christian or sure. I'm a, you know, um, even saying something like I'm spiritual, it just, be, there's just so many like, we we actually talked about this on a previous episode, Phil. It's like I've spent my whole life drawing lines, yeah, you know, and categorizing doctrine and putting a tag on dogma and and telling somebody, you know, 
where they land theologically on in some sort of spectrum. Now it's kind of like, I don't even have time for that. I don't have the mm. bandwidth to even begin to try and like assign myself to something. And the way I think of it is like, if I expressed my beliefs to you and you were like, oh, well, it sounds like you're a, a progressive Christian. It's like, okay, it doesn't, sure, whatever, you know, sure. I guess you can do that if you want. It's That's like how you define hand- that. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's like someone handing you like a clothing catalog and be like, well, if you like those pants and you'll love this entire ensemble that we have. And you're like, I have no interest in wearing that entire ensemble. You know, that's kind of what it's like. For me. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. And I'd say along the same, same thought, it's just, Hey, whatever. I, it, it's, it's no longer like, Hey, so what do you call yourself or where do you go to church? I'm like, no, this is a conversation you're going to need to sit down for because mm-hmm. it's a journey. It's, it's been awesome. If you want to talk about it, great. If you don't want to talk about it, then call me whatever you want to call me. I really yeah. don't care. I'd rather go watch wrestling or cook something or go in the pool. I could give a mm. shit. Like we, we, we were actually, Adrian and I find ourselves in these situations and we can kind of give each other the, like the look uh, like this conversation sucks. Um, when people go get ha- like, the orgy tongues. Yes, please. <laughs> um, like they have good intentions and they generally want to know certain things about us, but the conversation they've come to it already with the intent of trying to pin us down as something, yeah. which is fine. But like, don't trick us in with the promise of just hanging out. Yeah. Um, I, to me, that's yeah. the most annoying thing. And I, I think it, it's annoying for two reasons. One, cause I, I'd rather talk about the person as the person rather than who they pretend to be mm. in church. And also I used to do that too. So yeah. it doubly hurts like, fuck man. That's how like, I used that to me. Yeah. 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 It's not how I used to sound. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, who who knows? Uh, yeah. People call us heathens. They don't call us anything. Uh, they, they don't, don't talk, talk to us, us anymore. <laughs> yeah, that one's easy. We don't it's have friends anymore. So. Yeah, that it's one's just Josh and you. You're my only two friends now. Yeah, you're roped um, in. But yeah, I mean that, that's other thing. Like I, I don't have the mental bandwidth to yeah even even start to think what those labels mean to me anymore. Yeah. Because it, because if I do start to think of them, Christian, that label holds a lot more weight than what it used to mm. like, because I, I, associate, I associate it way more with Jesus. Paul was just a guy who was there. If Matthew, Mark, Luke, John even wrote the gospels, they're there too. But like Christianity holds a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, and to put that on myself, like, I don't even know. Um, yeah. But to quote Richard Rohr, like Richard Rohr said, if I was born in India, I'd be a Buddhist. Yeah. If I was born here, I'd be this person. So, I mean, I told yeah. my dad that and he didn't like that answer. <laughs> No, whatever no, like, God, even the skies even the heavens declare the glory of god you would have been saved if you were elected dude i wrote exactly. a song with those lyrics but all those indians would have <laughs> oh. just still been doomed yeah they're all going to hell they're all going to hell dude yeah yeah and i think there there is something to be said about folks like kevin garcia who like they call themselves christian mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are standing yep. in a place of like i'm gonna reclaim this and like and joe said it too it's like you don't get to keep the things that saved my life and you don't mm. get to keep the things that I love. Like that doesn't belong to you just because you say it does. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime down the road, I'd be okay with trying to reclaim that too. Sure. But that's one of those things where it's like, I don't mean, that's like telling you where I'm going to eat one day. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I have no idea, you know, and I try yeah. not to think about it too much. No, it's, it's really good. The reason I ask, I mean, I just, I'm fascinated by people's journeys and having watched these journeys kind of unfold over the last kind of eight, 10 years, like it, you can see different patterns emerge, but this is generally speaking, one of the kind of um, later patterns in the research we're doing. I'm hoping to kind of 
create a bit more trajectory and and, and um, outline like how people evolve in in a, this journey at least generally or at least if we can match that to certain intakes if you come into this are process we part of a here, data set hold up is this a research you're, podcast you're not but i do have a a, a huge <laughs> amount of people that we're researching and working oh, with with research right. companies i would have been fine with it deconstruct you know. um you can you can be part i would love that. okay great um but uh it, it's fascinating to me that generally speaking in early deconstruction there's this need to be like okay so what like i still need to find myself most people deconstruct that christianity and go, well which like maybe there's a different type of christianity maybe i can find that um and, and a lot of people don't move beyond that and that's fine i'm not saying i'm not saying early stage as in like that's you've not grown enough for you but just like that's sometimes all the stepping stone needed people only need to you know be lgbtq affirming or get rid of hell or you know whatever and then they were like oh, i'm kind of this works. This really works for me. Um, but it feels like quite late stage. If you keep deconstructing things at a certain point, you go, actually, a lot of this stuff is just not particularly relevant or important to me anymore. Like even the labeling, you know, like or Christian, like I'm like, ah, eh, like that's not an important label anymore. It's, it's not what I'm tied to or or, or whatever. But it, it is interesting to me. Um, you mentioned how like fundamental progressive Christians can still be. And, and, and a lot of Christians, um, I think there's a big conflation with people that are kind of like the nuns, duns, and um, people that are progressive Christian are still very Christian. They mm, are yes. inclusive of different groups, but they're still very like, Jesus died for this reason, or, you know, like, this is right. who Jesus is, or this is how it pans out, or this is what God still dogma. Like. There's still doctrine. Absolutely. Which is to okay, to. I guess. Sure. Um, sure. But I guess my, the reason I was questioning that was I, I was basically going to say, is there stuff that you haven't deconstructed or are you scared to deconstruct? Like, are you, are you in a place where you've gone, now I've kind of like looked at everything, I'm kind of good and anything that comes up, I feel like I'd be willing to take that apart. Or is there stuff that you, from where you came, you're still holding on to that you're like, oh, I don't want to go there. Because that's something I, that fascinates me is as people keep moving forwards, what we hold on to. This is a great question. I'm going to, this is going to come back on a future DRCK episode and we're going to give you some credit because I've been thinking about this. I think about what I do in moments of fear for the people that I love. Mm. And I think about, so I have a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. I've been married for six years. And I think about when I get afraid of something, or fear for my health, protection from coronavirus, my first thing that I want to do is like say a prayer. Mm. And I think a thing for me that I haven't quite deconstructed or I am hesitant to let go of if I'm honest with myself is the idea of what prayer is and what prayer does. Mm. And it's like, well, am I just speaking to myself? Because that is valuable. And if that's what it is, then it is what it is. Am I speaking to the universe? What does that even mean? Am I speaking to the Christ? What does that even mean? What does this have to do with anything? Am I wasting mm. my breath? Um, and so I think if I'm honest in those quiet moments where I'm truly afraid, your whole life when you're afraid, all you do is pray. And you are taught to pray. If you don't know what you're, where to go and you don't know what you're doing, you cast all your cares upon the Lord and you pray. And so I think a, a pillar in my deconstruction that I am kind of circling 
and I haven't even gotten there yet. It's almost like I'm going to save this for the end because I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to find when I get there. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet um, or ready for it. I think prayer is that for me. Yeah. What do does it mean? What does it do? Do you think that's linked to um, a desire to hold on to a personal God? You know, you talk about this kind of like the universe, the divinity. We lose the the second person of God. You know, the first person, second person, third person. First person is the God within. Third person is the God in everything. Um, but the second person is like the God I can sit down and look at and talk to the invisible person on the chair I'm praying to, or, um, sure. do you think it's linked to that component? Cause it becomes really hard to pray to God who is oneself or the God who is the universe and the tree and the whatever. I, I think it is tied to an idea of, do I truly believe that the divine is for me? Mm. And so if I pray it is under the assumption that I'm talking to something I'm talking yeah. to it. It maybe it is personal, but it's also like a, there is a benevolence that that prayer is trying to evoke. Mm-hmm. And as soon as if I truly deconstruct prayer or if wherever I do land or whatever prayer becomes, if it lands on just kind of not doing anything, then there is a link to there is no goodness that I can count on mm. to yeah. protect me from coronavirus yeah. or it's to terrifying. protect my kids from. And there is a fear there. And I think I have to dig down into my own childhood trauma and my own religious trauma of because fear steered the ship for so long, right? And yeah. like the remedy to fear is prayer, like I already said. So I, I think I'm going to have to do some work to unravel what it is that causes me to be afraid. And then once you, un- I think once I get down to what's causing me to be afraid, then kind of like the crutch of prayer or not even a crutch, the remedy of prayer, I can approach maybe with a clearer perspective without being, a, without feeling like tensed up when I right. approach it, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. You said I, about- I talk a lot, dude. I'm sorry. No, like, I, I, no, no, sorry, no. Look, well, no, what you said, it was interesting because uh, I can't remember. It was this past year, but my, my wife and I went through a miscarriage. Mm, and, and we, in that moment, it was like, it was just a lot of emotions. And I was sitting there like, but what do I do with this? Because like Adrian said, like you always, I want to go to God or I'm going to go to my church or talk to my pastor, which I'd never talked to the pastor. But, and um, you're kind of just left with yourself. And so... I kind of had that realization. What what you said, Adrian, is very apt because I, I I didn't think about it in typical Josh fashion. It just happened, and I let it go, and I can just continue moving on. But it is that, well, shit. What do I turn to? And 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 now, like dealing with um, this Corona stuff going on, and Florida being stupid, and like my son's school is fully virtual next year, and like when things kind of go haywire, what do you do? Mm. Um, and the only like comfort I found in those moments was, um, it was a documentary about Ram Dass on Netflix and just how him in like the throes of cancer mm. and it like ending his life basically. Cause he was just 
incapable of doing anything. He had to lean on people. The yeah. one thing he said was like when he was capable and walking around and just doing things for himself, he really enjoyed going out and speaking to people. But when life came and gave him cancer, which for most people is like the end all be all, either they die from it or they slowly die from just the weight of having it. Um, just mm -hmm. identifying as a cancer survivor. Um, he said, now I get the joy of having people just help me constantly. Yeah. So it, it was just this man's peace with whatever life brought him, whether good or bad, there was something he could take from it. Yeah. And so finding some, I, I mean, prayer is such a big thing, but like looking in the moment and seeing what that miscarriage or what this fucking, how the hell am I going to teach my son for an entire school year at home? Like, like what is there that the universe is trying to teach me? because when I was in the church, Oh, it's all, it's all God. I'm like, but what is God? It was God, but who is God? Um, <laughs> or it's because you went to summer camp and you did that or, or that good thing happened because you were on this mission trip or this bad thing happened because you looked at pornography or this bad thing happened because you yelled at your parents. There's always like mm. this, this happened because of this happened. Cause and effect. Yeah. Yes. But like embracing the fact that life happens just because life happens and like, you take the good and the bad and you have to sift through it. And now I know why the church doesn't talk about that. Cause it's not easy because it can't be handled in a 45 minute sermon. No. Right. But it has been talked about ad nauseum by millions of people for years and years and years. Mm. And then when I, when I start digging into Ram Dass or like I mentioned before the desert fathers and desert mothers or these Christian mystics or these, these Buddhists or the, or these people in, in, in Hinduism, how they've all approached this stuff. I'm like, I'm finding these beauty and this truth and this comfort in these books I was never allowed to read. Then I have like this anger of, to the church, like you kept this from us. Mm. You're still keeping it from people. Like you're not allowing people to experience the breath and en enjoyment of the full color of the rainbow because you're only letting them see this and saying this one's the correct one. Yeah. When there's so much history and beauty and pain out there that people can learn from. Yeah. And just chew on for a long time yeah. and never having to arrive at an answer. And that's still just as fine as having an answer. Yep. Um, there's so much resentment that I'm still working through where like there's so much help I took from a passage from Rumi, a passage from Rumi, mm. but I could never talk about him. I can only approach him through a weird band that Adrian and I found that's, and they would quote Rumi in their lyrics, but I could never talk about that in church because it was yeah. the dude was too brown for the church. He was from the Middle East somewhere, wasn't a white dude wearing khakis and sandals. So yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, and not to mention, I mean, he's a fundamental ISIS terrorist, right? Because he's Muslim. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. for sure. For sure. I mean, yes. he's, he's yeah, immediately for sure. he's the devil. He's a security threat for sure, regardless 100%. of what he said. Right, right, exactly. Um, he could have said Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Hold on. FTSA alert. FTSA alert. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Guys, I'm aware with two hours and I, I said we'd be about two hours. So I, I don't want to, um, yeah, steal all your evening. Um, but uh, we should, we should do this again. I'd love to have you guys yeah, on man, again. Sure. If you're, if you're up for chatting again, cause I feel like we could bounce around a million different things and have a, some great conversations. And I, I want to know more as well. I mean, I want to even just, I don't know if it's, this is what I do. I mean, I help people 
in there you can start to process but just you guys sharing i'm like i want to ask more questions now <laughs> i want to dig deeper let's do are more are you yeah. scared of death you know like, <laughs> great well it depends uh, if you want to hear me crying on t- into your into dude <laughs> i i frequently am told by some of my closest friends that i am a sadist who enjoys making them cry and have existential crisis so i mean that is my great. goal in most of my guests i don't tell them when i give you the blurb of like hey i'd like to have my podcast this is my audience this is why i'd love to have you on i don't like, include yeah. the, the, the small print which says i want to make you have an <laughs> i'm gonna collect your tears yeah. and sell yeah. them to josh's grandmother <laughs> that's all you have a raging erection right now phil you need to <laughs> put that away sir <laughs> Don't put the camera down. Keep it above waist level. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this uh, has been, been super awesome, and we got to have you on our show for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's been honestly amazing um, having you guys on, and uh, yeah, we should we should stay in touch and, and do something again. It'd be great. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Honestly, what you guys are doing is so important uh, and and such a unique um, exploration of of the whole world of of deconstructing, dechurching, whatever that looks like. I mean, there's 110 different. Yeah. names and languages um but it's all the kind of medley of like oh fuck what's happening you know and you guys are <laughs> yeah. doing an amazing work in that on your social media on the podcast absolutely love it i think it's really important uh, and so thank you how can people connect with you what's the best way for people to connect joshy yeah so uh we are dirty rotten church kids on instagram the podcast is the same name you can get us on itunes mm-hmm. spotify google podcast all those good places on Twitter, we are Dirty Rotten CK. And if you want to email us something, it's the same thing, dirtyrottenck at gmail.com. Awesome. Those are the plugs. I'm going to plug. get those all in the show notes so cool. people don't have to memorize. I'm going to record an intro and an extra so there'll be a long blurb telling them seriously, follow their stuff. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really loved having you guys on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you making the time. I know it's an awkward time stealing your family time from you um, so you can work with me and I'm like, I don't even know what time it is. It's like one in the morning. We, no oh, one damn. won with oh, this God. with this time. But <laughs> no one won. It worked. So no, I'm usually no, we're honored to be here. recording podcasts. So, so. That's crazy. That's awesome. Really, really. Yeah, we're great. honored to be here, man. It's it's cool being on this side of the podcast. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I, 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 um, I love I love when like people ask me about like, oh, yeah, I guess. Then you go on and you're like, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm not asking questions all the time. If I, I come on other people's podcasts and I ask them loads of questions, you get in the habit, right? Yeah. Um, and so, no, yeah. it's, it's fun when you get to, and I figured you guys will enjoy just kind of sitting back away and, you know, let yeah, it was else cool not steering the lead. ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you guys did great. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was thanks, fun. Phil. I think you're my first podcast with three people. So, well, hell hey, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, people hung on. They, they made it through the, the kind of the valley of like orgy tongs and back out through <laughs> the existential crisis. And well, our we listeners are. would be the valley, and then the orgy tongs is actually kind of the climax. That's the, the peak. peak yeah. Days. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I need like two names for it. Like, right. So I'll, I'll get You're you guys right. a link that you can plug that's called like dirty rot, rotten orgy tongs. Um, something like that. I don't know. Um, and then for my audience, we'll go for I don't know. Like, Something like heady and kind of somber. Dirty two rotten, church, not two not church orgy planters tongues. discuss their deconstruction <laughs> and starting a podcast. Ah, <laughs> that'll that'll do. I lo- yeah, that'll do. Something awesome. All right. Man. Love you guys. Have a good evening. Appreciate you, Phil. Um, thank love you so much. Man. Thank you. So that was Adrian Gibbs and Josh Link of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Guys, you've got to check them out. Like if you're not following them on Instagram, please go follow them. Dirty Rotten Church Kids um, is their handle. Um, They are posting some of the funniest memes 
on Instagram, period. You know, when it comes to deconstruction memes, if you like my memes, you'll love their memes. They're, they're a whole nother level. Um, go listen to their podcast as well, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Um, you know how to do that. Instagram, uh, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, whatever your podcast app is, just bash in Dirty Rotten Church Kids and they'll be there for sure. Um, highly recommend that. It's, it's a great podcast. I've listened to a few and really enjoyed it. Um, it's just water to the soul for those who deconstruct, you know, just to hear more people processing their faith, talking with great people about um, this process. They had a great episode recently with Joe Lumen, who I know a lot of you listen to her podcast with me and love that. Highly recommend that one um, if you were looking for somewhere to start. Um, and on Twitter as well, they, they mentioned uh, Dirty Rotten CK. Um, I believe it was. I'll put the links in the show notes as always. Um, and, and as always, if you uh, want to connect with me, Instagram is the best place. Phil Drysdale, I chat with people all day, every day um, about deconstructing and, and helping people. So shoot me a DM if you heard this and enjoyed it. Um, check out the Deconstruction Network as well. Um, deconstructionnetwork.com. It's a place where people can go connect with other people that are deconstructing in their local area. You know, I didn't want to build just another online group for people. Um, there's quite a few of those on Facebook and things like that, although I hate Facebook. Um, my heart was to help people that are feeling lonely in this process of deconstruction. Maybe you've lost friends, um, your family shunned you a bit, maybe your church community has kicked you out. My heart was to help you find a people or at least a person in your local area that you can connect with that's going through something similar that is on a process of deconstructing their faith that they can um you know lament that and, and go through the pain of that with you but they can also be excited and go through the joy of it with you you can go to the pub to the, the coffee shop you know you can hang out um with someone that's on the same wavelength to some degree and and that is just it's life to uh, so many people um, especially when when feeling so lonely and isolated in deconstruction. So please check out the deconstructionnetwork.com if that's you. Um, there is no reason to do this alone. There are millions and millions of us out there. And so, yeah, get stuck in. Um, thegracecourse.com has loads of different teachings, especially if you have a slightly more Christian bent and um, you're wanting to deconstruct within that framework. There's teachings on hell, homosexuality, human psychological development, all sorts of different stuff. Again, everything on there is free. Um, and then finally, if you want to help me keep putting out these resources, these you know, a couple podcasts a week, um, different teachings, talking with people day in, day out on Instagram. If you value that I do all of that for free and you'd like to uh, become a Patreon or a partner, you can check out phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, and that will um, allow you to, you know, facilitate me doing this for free and, and uh, do it full time about 60 hours a week. And so um, I don't have the opportunity of working another job to pay the bills. Um, and so it really helps um, a huge amount. As a thank you, I've built a small um, community over on Discord. Um, it's, it's a private server where we can chat and have discussions about all sorts of things every day. Um, and I do a monthly Zoom as well with, with my partners. And so if that sounds like something you'd like to be involved with, um, check out phildrysdale.com slash partner. And I'm also on Patreon as well. But that's enough for me, enough rambling. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, go check out the Dirty Rotten Church Kids on Instagram and go listen to their podcast as well. Um, highly recommend it. Amazing guys. I really appreciate um, them sp spending the time. Um, yeah, I loved it. And do shoot them a message. Let them know you enjoyed this and uh, hopefully we can have them back on again. All right, love you guys. Peace.